0: What is up, everyone? My name is Brandon First, a.k.a. First Report, representing the ESBC Betting Podcast Network. It is Friday, July 17th, and that can only mean it is time to talk some college football. Yes, I know it is only July, but it is never too early to begin your research.
1: Number two rule of betting, research. Do your research. We're going to talk a lot about monetizing research tonight.
0: Exactly. Um, we, um, it is never too early to get into your research, and this time right now, it, 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 there's not a ton of pressure on it right now. So this is the time you can look at it through a clear view. Um, you, you don't have the the clock over your shoulder of getting it in or having to run to the window or, or, or pressing 10, two minutes before uh, game time or, you know, refreshing or having to deal with that. This is when we get our stuff done. That's why all summer we worked on the NBA and baseball because now that that is returning, we have got that done. We have time now to get ready for college football. So as we've done all uh, summer long, is preview each conference one uh, one conference a week. Tonight is the Big Twelve conference, and I am joined by uh, the U.S. or the local U.S. political corruption expert. Josh Vizcay, I call him the bulldog of the podcast, and also a uh, special guest back for a second week, Greg Wolf from the Wolf Line. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight?
1: We're doing good. And uh, Greg's going to bring some fire about, uh, uh, they should be teaching kids, especially Baylor University. They should be teaching them ethics. And we're going to talk about ethics. I encourage, it was a month ago, listen to our uh, breakdown of the corruption podcast where we detail uh, the, the technical aspects of corrupt behavior, okay? So there's a difference between legal and illegal corruption. There's a difference between legal fraud and illegal fraud. Uh, Chinese companies, every single Chinese company in the United States should be delisted immediately from the SEC, I had one auditor tell me, hey, this is complete BS, but the papers are are turned in properly, all right? So that's the kind of culture we live in. There's a difference between committing a crime and having that crime be prosecuted, which is selective prosecution, which a lot of cops kill white skaters. I mean, a lot of people protesting the George Floyd you go on there, there's a bunch of skinny white guys with skate uh, skateboards who were pissed at police because they get brutalized and, um, and killed just as much as anybody else. Poor whites are just as prosecuted, middle class whites, as black people as we've seen as the people going out rioting. And you say, what does this have to do with football and betting on games? Well, that's how we can predict certain referee calls in games because the corruption amongst the referees and all of the major sports function in the same way. These are people, right? So they have certain patterns. Then not only do we recognize we've monetized for 12 years in a row. My wife Anna has not bought gasoline. It hasn't been betting money gasoline since 2011 in a big part of it. Has been these Big Twelve teams. Been watching Big Twelve football uh, since I've been nine years old. And you take all that knowledge, experiential knowledge, and what that means.
2: Wait to a wait a second, guys. I gotta yeah. call you. I gotta call you on the carpet. I know you're. Not, I know that you're a little bit longer on the tooth than that. When you were nine years old, there was no such thing as the Big Twelve Conference. Oh, that's true. It
1: was the Big Eight.
2: It was the Big Eight and the SWC. Don't make me mess with you on this.
1: Southwestern Conference. I remember that. I remember watching the Hambone offense of Houston used to run the Hambone, and the uh, Southwestern Conference was just uh, schools from Texas.
2: Well, Arkansas was in the Southwestern
1: Conference. That's true. It that was crazy. That was the outlier until they went to the SEC.
2: Right. Big Eight. The Big Eight was. That was when the big it was serious, but now we're they have galvanized into what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, this is the wolf, by the way, from the wolf. Yes. Uh, certainly, we're going to talk about the Big Twelve, which I am lobbying to be uh, renamed the Little Ten because there's only ten schools and they play flag football, so
1: basketball and grass
2: yeah so and 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 that that can uh can can lead over to you know as everybody anybody who knows that listens to the to the podcast knows that I come from the options world and and quantitative trading and all that and then galvanizing that with sports betting uh so we can learn a lot about what's called implied volatility I'm sure a lot of people hear the word volatility all the time just in passing you know on a cNBC or any, or any uh, channel, really, just the mainstream media is pretty much just part of the common nomenclature. So we can discuss how uh, in the Big 12, quote unquote, I'll call it the Big 12, although I want to call it the Little 10. The Big 12 um, is a very high volatility sector or lead. You know, which is the they're the only league or sector. A sector is a league, and, and, and within the confines of a certain sport, or or uh, I'm sorry, sector is a conference within the confines of a certain league. So they're they're or it's a it's like a subsector. So you know, you look at that at the Big Twelve, and uh, they're really the only ones that are going to be hanging implied volatility slash totals of 90 points, you know, uh, outside of maybe like Sunbelt uh, or, or, or something like that. But, I mean, to, to, to consistently hang totals of 90 points uh, of expected volatility or expected scoring, you know, that's absolutely absurd. But it is what it is, and we will deal with what it
1: is. So. Sometimes those games go over. So that's why you have to do your research. And to that end, uh, we're starting off. Are we going in alphabetical order, doctor?
0: We are going alphabetical order, and I still can't get over the fact that uh, F1 put the uh, Big 12 ahead of the Big 10. I I, (laughs) lost my check. W was after E, but we will start here. They at least got the Big 12 lineup right. Uh, It's the Baylor Bears. Obviously, Matt Rule gone, uh, moves on to Carolina. Two-year turnaround after that beyond black eye, I don't even know what you want to call it, just terrible situation that happened there. Embarrassment,
1: and, and that's something, you know, and that's something we got to make clear here. Uh, I didn't know this was going on. Uh, I'm, uh, because people that know me wouldn't dare a- act around women the way I, I hear things are going on. And people know this, right? And people that know me wouldn't talk about this in front of me because they'll know... Uh, the hammer that will fall down on them. And we have a new uh, employee, not employee, partner of ours, partner and Brianna Miller. And right now I'm laying down the line, anybody that messes with Brianna Miller messes with me personally, and even worse messes with Anna, my wife. We will bring down the hammer hard, we will bring down the hammer swiftly and believe if you're on Twitter, it doesn't matter if you're on Twitter uh, in my face. I know you're not going to do it, but even if on Twitter, we're going to come and we're going to find you and you will not uh, treat any, uh, any women uh, that are that, that associated with the podcast in any way other than with the utmost respect. And that goes for, uh, I know, Wolf line feels the same way, and I know the doctor feels the same way. Uh, we're not—we're not tolerating any zero tolerance, zero tolerance other than respecting. No, but that's—that's uh, that's the way we are here. So we're talking about the Baylor Press, and the reason we talk about it is uh this program was 100% out of control. They were allowing rapes to go on. I don't even know how art brought. You want to talk about selective prosecution? Art Bryal should be in jail right now for what he was allowing and think about how many lives he's ruined of those uh soccer players uh, that that were brutalized by football players there at Baylor, right? Yeah.
2: Baylor you know, great. So it's that's circle football. It's, yeah. it's a great it's a great it was a great recruiting tool for a few years, like if you can run a 4-3, come here and rape all the chicks you want. Everything's fine.
1: It, it, it was really out of control and an abominational, disgusting, sickening. Uh, his kid is still coaching. and A lot of assistant coaches are coaching. So there has to be some activism involved and some people uh, doing their research and kicking out anybody they had to do with. Baylor University uh, during that time. Back to Baylor. Uh, they had, after that, the, they had almost like a death penalty. Uh, they had nobody coming back. And Matt Rule, good Christian man, analytics. So let's see if analytics are going to work uh, in the NFL with David Tepper, head fund manager, going full on analytics and taking over that whole team Making it into a numbers team, uh, Baylor went eleven and three last year. Uh, let me see here. Looking at my Phil Steele. Uh, Matt Rule. Matt Rule actually. The guys Matt that are Ruhle. coming back next year.
2: Matt Rule actually was the uh, head coach uh, up here or over here at uh, at Temple in Philly, and uh, a good friend of mine's older brother was the uh, assistant head coach, uh, and I believe the OC with him at Temple, I think he followed him to Baylor. Uh, and he's a good guy. And, uh, you know, uh, Rule did what he had to do down there to get to uh, whatever the hell they're calling the Washington team now. I don't even know.
1: No, he's he's with the Carolina Panthers. And I oh, think Panthers doesn't yeah, the Panthers doesn't piss anybody off. I think the name Panther. Not yet. He, you know, animal rights activists I know are going to start reviewing uh, naming teams after animals and being, a, a, you know, opposed to animal cruelty. But uh, I don't want to get them going or give them any ideas. <laughs> I, just talk, I, just I think the a Panthers fan. now, it, it's uh, it's acceptable name. But yeah. uh, now you got the same defense, right? you a got Aranda, Aranda, Aranda defense from Alvarez and LSU wins the national championship. Is that zone defense that Matt Rule loves to play, right? So, what does that mean? That means that uh, you got to look hard at the Baylor Bears going under. Now, Doctor, do you think the Big 12 is going to play non conference
0: games? I don't. I don't think so. No, because especially if other conferences are saying no, you wouldn't be able to play non conference games because there weren't other teams. But I'll tell you what, if you look at this overall, it's right. the stupidest thing ever. How are you going to sit here and tell me that Missouri can travel, but BYU can't play Utah? Are you serious with me right now? I mean, it's just, it blows my mind. And I know it's all money driven and right. stuff like that, but they need to, they, it needs to not be so obvious, maybe. I mean, it's it's the NCAA, so it's the normal pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Um, but it, it's, what it's driven is financially. And the, the frustrating part is when you do look at these schedules and, and you see some games that we're going to lose, and then you also see situations where teams are, are, are in a real tough spot, and we'll get to them in a little bit, but with the non-conference, I can't imagine unless another conference comes out and says, yes, we'll play non-conference games and they can get like the, I know in college basketball, they have like the ACC big 10 challenge. And right. they go, you know, heads up against one, blah, blah, blah. And unless another conference comes forward, un- unless Notre Dame plays everybody. But at that point, wouldn't Notre Dame just be a conference team? I don't know. It's, it, it really doesn't make sense to me. I understand not wanting to play conference games, but some of these situations like, Conference USA, SMU, going to play Temple this year? That doesn't make a ton of sense in a pandemic.
2: By the way, just so I could interject a little bit, uh, everybody's out of their mind about uh, the Ivy League uh, bending football for the fall. And um, also, and, and I guess all the rest of the tangential leagues, whatever, you know, uh, I forget who plays in the fall, but maybe. Uh, Women's lacrosse, is that in the fall? I don't know, but whatever. Um, so they suspended football, but everybody made a big deal about that, even though Ivy League games are not listed on the markets. So nobody cares. They have no TV contracts. So nobody cares. So then they come
1: out and say the Patriot League. winning Ivy League games, uh, we want you to go to our webpage and go to 1 800 Gambler and go ahead and talk to some people, get yourself some help. If you're betting well, uh, a B
2: league football, well, yeah, there, there's no, there's no, there's, there's no revenue for it, so nobody cares. I mean, it's obviously, uh, uh, you know, an attempt to manipulate everybody's minds to think that, oh, you know, these, these things are, are much more uh, dire than the conditions are much more dire than everybody thinks. And have the audacity to follow that up with the Patriot League, which is a one double A, and I refuse. <laughs> You know, conference. What but Lehigh Saturdays? canceled the
1: year. Come on. Yeah,
2: exactly. So, okay. Whoa. Now, if you're
1: betting Lehigh games, if you're betting Lehigh games, we want you to go to the website. We want you to go to one eight hundred gambler. Get some help. And you're also welcome to call eight five eight eight six three sixty five one. My wife's a psychotherapist, so we can get you the resources you need to, not go even to uh, help with your impulse control In your need not- to bet. Uh, Lehigh football in the Patriot League and bet Ivy League game. The other thing is, just because the Ivy League says something, doesn't list, mean the Ivy those League not
2: aren't even until the playoffs. Those conferences don't, aren't even listed assets until the playoffs,
1: right? Right. And I have and I have bet some uh, FCS football in the playoffs, but it's when I had what Greg would call insider knowledge, which at this point it's legal insider knowledge. Uh, as, as we move forward. So oh, don't, Baylor returns. Let's, let's return to what we could do this year on betting on Baylor games. And Baylor only returns two guys on defense. Uh, they're learning a new defense within uh, uh, Aranda. Even though they run the same defense, there's some nuances that are different. And uh, it's during a pandemic. And something I was talking to my wife about, because I pretend like I know psychotherapy, and but she's the expert, right? So it, it's almost like uh, underlying issues, right? Or corroboration in the law. The fact that there is a pandemic gives everybody, right, an underlying anxiety, right? So what does that mean for us betting games? It means what Miranda comes in and starts putting in his nuances on defense to these guys who were just playing high school football a couple of years ago, uh, that Baylor defense is going to be a disaster. And like Greg is saying, this is the big 12, man. This is going to be air raid. Air raid is a sophisticated modern offense where the receivers go out, they read the defense, and it's going to be an easy defense to read, especially early in the season with all these young kids. And they're going to be eaten up alive October the 3rd against your Oklahoma Sooners, Texas Tech coming next back, we'll talk about them a little bit with Matty Wells. Maddie Wells is a guy that I have a lot of respect for because he's made me a lot of money throughout the years. God bless yeah, just, just remember Wells. Just,
2: just remember, Josh, before I hand it over to the doctor, uh, something you said before or earlier and I'll dovetail off of that. Remember this is something everybody should think about. The law, and justice are at best distant cousins.
1: That's my favorite uh, Greg Wolf quote right there. At That's 100 percent correct. At best, yes. at best. And, and right. Matt Wells is a guy who stays, who stays beyond reproach, above the law. TCU is going to blow him out because TCU's in the. If there's a a league that goes in two-year cycles, it's the big Twelve. TCU is going to be in a second cycle. Uh, Their offense is going to be vastly inclusive. They're going to blow them out. Matt Herman. So all these games, right, I'm looking hard at Baylor not covering the spread. First year, Aranda with only two guys coming back on defense, people. right. Look for Texas with Herman, who's on the hot seat. The man makes $8 million a year. He doesn't want to lose that job, right? Oklahoma State Boomer Sooner OAN um, They'll blow them out Iowa State I can't talk about Iowa State Because I have an emotional Attachment To Iowa State uh, And we'll talk about them TJ Tampa Who's going to be The starting quarterback From Lakewood High School His dad Ray Tampa listened to him Listen to uh, The starting quarterback Of Ohio State's dad Was on the podcast Last Thursday with our anti-corruption advocate out of St. Pete, Florida, Maddie Bird. So I can't talk about Iowa State games because why? I'm not going to make a good decision on Iowa State because I'm too emotional about them. I'm going to estimate their prospects. Then you got West Virginia. You got to look at the talent. I guess we'll go over them in Kansas State. So uh, Aranda's not going to cover spreads until about the end there. Good doctor. Who we got next?
0: Next up is uh, Iowa State, as you talked about, and uh, for me, this is a team that has to get better running the football, no doubt about it. Uh, they were one of uh, ranked in the triple digits last year nationally running the football, but they do have um, one of the best quarterbacks in all of football, Brock Purdy. Everyone early on uh, could could see him possibly being. Um, somebody who is a first-round draft pick next year. Um, the thing that jumps out to me when I look at last year's season for Iowa State is their first four losses. All right, they lost to Iowa. That's not going to happen this year. Uh, they're not going to play each other. Another situation where that's probably the shortest trip on Iowa State uh, schedule, and they're not playing it. But anyways. Um,
1: they should possibly out the and play a good game.
0: I mean, well, just, I mean, they're playing in front of empty state. Okay, I'm getting off track. I'll, I'll be on that for a half hour. But they lost to Iowa by a point. That's it. Iowa was a damn good team last year. Uh, at Baylor, we know how good Baylor was last year. Held them to 23 points. Only lost 23-21. Then we talk about Oklahoma State, who was a, a bit down last year. But even then, in their loss, they lost by only seven. And I forgot about this game, but they, they were up by like 17, 21 points. On, uh, on Oklahoma in the third quarter last year. And obviously, they, they ended up losing 42-41. Um, definitely got the coverage for us. But yes. every single one of their games, and this is a crazy stat, in in the last 39 losses that Iowa State has had, only one of them have been by 14 or more points. Jeez. And the only one was this past year it was Notre Dame, and it was in the. It's in a bowl game, which bowl games are already kind of not throwaways, but not a ton to take from. Yeah. So this Very is a, exhibition I think this is this is a a dark horse to 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 go up against Oklahoma in that Big Twelve championship. Um, the the start of their I guess schedule. You know, home to Texas Tech at Kansas, at Oklahoma State, and then home to Oklahoma. It's going to be tough, but someone else has got to be number two to Oklahoma. Usually it's Texas. We'll get to them in a little bit. Let me just say, I think it's wide open. I think Iowa State, if they can make two or three more plays, um, like they obviously did not last year, then I think they could be the number two team to Oklahoma. Um, But I do – expect to see some coverages especially when you have a a quarterback that is from you know what we've seen he's a three-year starter um and and Matt Campbell is a really good coach so really excited to see about Iowa State I think they are the team to watch in the Big 12 not obviously Texas or Oklahoma I don't think you're going out on a huge limb saying they'll play in the championship but um uh, that's my Iowa State look
1: yeah they got a tough schedule it's gonna be tough At Oklahoma State, like you said, look look for them to cover. Look for them to cover at Texas. They might not win. 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 Matt Campbell can really, he's great. Matt Campbell has won me a lot of money, uh, especially when he was at Toledo at the MAC attack. And I think we're going to have time to cover the MAC attack. Or maybe we can put the MAC in the conference playing today. Yeah. Josh, real quick, just so I know, the
2: Big 12 slash the Little 10 is going to have a a conference championship game with not even having any out of conference play.
0: Yes. So everyone plays each other regardless in this tournament or not in a tournament, excuse me, in a regular conference season. Um, And then they uh, also play in a championship game. Uh, No matter what, there is no more divisions either. There used to be the North and the South. Um, That's gone. It's, it's just purely money. It's, it's what was happening was when they started doing the college football playoff, the other conferences had a champion with an extra win. And of course the big 12, you know, Hey, we want in on that pie. So they just, you know, put, throw this thing together and, you know, it's just another game to bet on another, you know, game to advertise and all that. But yep, that's, that's what, that's what the little 12 or I'm sorry, uh, little 10 slash big 12.
1: Well, that's the thing, right? This is what we've been talking about. And again, we had, I did that podcast with Greg. And we know that there's a difference between something being unethical, something being illegal, right? And selective prosecution. Basically, one element of selective prosecution is the golden rule. He who has the, the gold makes the rule. Now, there's an ironclad NCAA law right? that says... You cannot have a conference game unless you have 12 teams in a conference. <laughs> so what happens? The, the, the big, the big uh, 12 says, hey, we don't, we don't want to get two teams after they leave. Can we have an exception to the law? And the NCS says, all right, Greg, fine. <laughs> after million, right? But that, that's, and that's a great people for the people on the podcast that believe in uh, Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. This is not your podcast. This is a cynical contrarian podcast. Why? Because cynical contrarians make more money betting games than any other personality type.
2: Josh, Josh, I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm going to tell you this to the doctor. It's a very personal thing. I got to tell both of you. On (laughs) right. I will. Ne- I-, I wanted to play- be kind of pleasant about it, but I will never call the Big Twelve anything other than the Little Ten for the rest <laughs> of my life.
0: You need to get shirts made. Uh, little Ten.
2: 10- we'll sell them on the website. Yeah. Little Ten. When the there's 90- ninety, when there's ninety point totals being hung in a football game, and there's only ten teams in the conference that claims to have twelve,
1: it's the Little Ten. Well, they got an exemption, right? So people know that the reason they got the exemption. Let's, uh,
2: let's, let's let's start hashtagging on social media. Little Ten, because that's what it is. It makes me sick, and 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 people that were in it, played in the Big Eight and the SWC, are sickened by what the Big Twelve has become or the Little Ten has become. Sickened.
1: Because they why, used to be why, real, why they give they give uh, I believe around thirty million dollars to each school, and that's why they kept it ten instead of bringing in USF and UCF. And I remember Listen, getting those uh, emails retweet us and we to, can get into the football.
0: You
2: go to another topic right there, which is you know you can go on forever on these little uh, estuaries that go around uh, the the main topic, but if there is no college football this year. Every power five quote conference, which a little 10 is not, shouldn't be, will lose an average of 60 million dollars in revenue. 60 million,
1: right? A lot so, I you know pay? what? And to that end, I this, this is a completely biased opinion, right? But I would, I would encourage uh, the hardcore football fans that are listening to this because if you're listening to this, you're a hardcore football fan you want that hardcore football knowledge that that we give you so if you're a hardcore football fan which you are uh, by listening continuing to listen and telling your friends about it which we appreciate our ratings go up every time right uh research whether the aac is a better football conference than the big 12. my answer would be yes but it's completely Biased answer because I went to the University of South Florida, which is a member of the AAC. But if USF played all of the members of the uh, Big Twelve, which they do, they start in Texas if they keep not conference games. Uh, I'm not afraid of Texas, but then again, I'm not playing.
2: Nobody's afraid of Texas anymore. No, because because they play trash football on a trash league. Hmm.
1: So, Iowa State,
2: The uh, trash conference, I'm sorry, trash conference. Yeah, so
1: they're going to cover at Oklahoma, right, and they're going to cover at Texas. Actually, they got Oklahoma at home, and they played Oklahoma tough. They even beat them a couple of years ago. And both times, I bet Iowa State to cover against Oklahoma because of – you know that the, the, Oklahoma the, the, the and, Greg, and Greg Wolf's Wolfsworth Oklahoma is going to be oversold. That's going to be an inflated line against Iowa State. People blindly betting Barry Switzer, and Barry Switzer hasn't coached in Oklahoma in 30 years, and they're betting Barry Switzer. You know what? Billy Sims isn't coming through that door, and you got Matty Campbell covering for the 30 years in a row. Wouldn't that be something, Doctor? would we well, they they cover, and we make money three years in a row betting inflated, Contrarian lines against those Oklahoma suitors and our guy Lincoln Riley, and that he's our guy because he has connections to uh the Wednesday podcast Faith Family Football Air Raid, Ben Raslav. Let, let me just NBA, check, let
2: me uh, just let me just, the
1: let
2: me just interject real real quickly, and I you probably just misspoke, but. What you're saying, Oklahoma will be overbought, not oversold. It'd be inflated.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overbought.
2: But, but before I, I defer to the doctor, uh, I will make this very. I mean, it's a cliche, but Oklahoma in the in the in the in the, in the, uh, the small ten, the little ten. <laughs> you know what they are. You know what Oklahoma is.
1: They're what's called the tallest midget in the room. Right. That's what the, that's Oklahoma. They're an SEC team. It's like almost uh, Florida State and Clemson. They're SEC teams. They walk and talk like SEC teams. Um, they cheat academically like ACC teams. They buy players like SEC teams. But they act like um, Duke, right, in Wake Forest and so on and so forth. So that that's, that's the – Part of the way the scam works, but we make money on those um, Wake Forest Clemson games. Guess what? Clemson's overbought, and we go the other way, and, and buys gasoline.
2: Even Texas Texas A and M and Mizzou absconded from the from this the, the little ten because <laughs> it was so- right,
1: right. No, it was a joke. It was a joke. In Texas A&M, they're their military school, and they have standards for academic standards. That's why they've had trouble uh, getting in the upper echelon of the SEC. But well, we digress. What's the next team? Kansas, Les Miles?
0: Yeah, we got Kansas. Um, the Yeah, Les Miles, year one. Um, they won three games. and th- the- <laughs> They
1: won three games, but Les Miles that got this five – He's getting 5 million dollars a year to coach Kansas well, football. God bless.
0: 3 wins, but I'll tell you this, it's the mo- it's tied for the most wins they've had this entire decade. So, which is ridiculous. And what really is tough with with getting rid of non-conference games, you could make a case um that I mean they beat Boston College last year in in Massachusetts. <laughs> they then play – they would have played New Hampshire and at Coastal Carolina.
1: That cost, <laughs> uh, uh, that cost uh, a cost of his
0: job. Yeah, that th- they could have been three and one. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Now they're going to go zero and nine. Uh, could have been back to back three win seasons, the be- be- beginning of a dynasty, out in um, you know Kansas. Look, I, I heard, you know how how he's building the team, and he he made the the choice of no. I, I don't think I've ever seen this – no junior college recruits.
1: Bob, so every, and that's crazy single,
0: for Kansas. Every single kid that is walking through that door to play football, before, and and we're not talking um a, a other transfer either. We're every new player is a true freshman unless they come back from injury or redshirt from last year, um with the same team. So they're obviously playing the long game in terms of okay, hey, in four years, hopefully these kids will have meshed as opposed to kind of the every two year, one year. Great nugget. That's a great you know, nugget,
1: a great, no, no Doctor.
0: Thank you, and um, and I always
1: the doctor.
0: <laughs> I always try and find something uh, nice to say about a team. This one was the toughest. Um, I thought I think it was there was a team earlier, uh, maybe last podcast that Rutgers. I had a hard time finding right. nice, something nice to say about Rutgers. Teams, I have um, their punter is apparently one of the best in the country. He's got a big leg. Um. So, yeah, the punter is good. That's the oh, that's the nice thing I can say about Kansas. Always well, well, it's story. very
1: important because you remember, this is a Les Miles team that, that plays field position, right? Field position is very important for Les
0: Miles. I mean, talent would be a big part of the field position game too. But having a punter, it's, it's ideal. But you look at the one game I look at, I think Kansas is going to cover more often than not, because we're going to see such inflated lines. But one game that I'm almost positive we are going to see uh, Kansas get absolutely demolished in is going to be at Texas Tech. And it has nothing to do with why because Texas Tech is good or this or that. Kansas's only conference win last year, and I believe it's been their only conference win in, a, in quite a long time, was to Texas Tech. That game is in Lubbock. Um, it's They're not going to want to lose. To Kansas twice, and not only are they not going to want to lose Kansas twice, they are going to want to make these guys pay for what happened last year. Um, so I do expect Texas Tech, while not a great football team, still better in Texas to, uh, than Kansas, and they have that emotion. I wouldn't be surprised if, if that is for we'll get to them later, but for Texas Tech,
1: yeah, I'm yeah. putting that in my notes to bet that game, yeah. And that's and that's what happens, and that gives you an edge when you start betting games now when you look at return to the mean and then you look at the management of that team. You look at Maddie Wells, right? And Maddie Wells then I read a lot about Maddie Wells. He's a he's he's a good Christian man. He is a man who is not skirt chasing or drinking. All right. He's sitting at home watching film. And when he's not watching film, he's out recruiting, or he's thinking about putting his staff together. Very focused guy. And the result of that is that he's made me a lot of money betting on his games, especially when he was at Utah State in that mountain west. Uh, When you're at Utah State in that mountain west, you don't have a lot of players, so he coached them up, and those guys played well until late in the season, where it was just a matter of attrition. And of course, I went the other way and monetized that. So, the when you look at the flows of season and you look at depths of team, that's when you can really do that. And you can bet a team the whole year and just remember to go the other way when they start depleting players. Uh, The market doesn't adjust, but you see that inefficiency in the market. And what you do, you monetize it, you put it on your Bitcoin card, and you you start using that Bitcoin card for vacations, right? Vacations and you take the money out, you bet more, and you keep – rolling, right? So that is uh, your Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, very important when you're looking at Kansas is uh, who's coming back. So they got six guys on offense, five on defense because like the good doctor, that was a very good nugget there. Uh, there's going to be a lot of true freshmen that are development in The top 42, when you look at football, you look at the top 42 players, half of those guys are going to be freshmen. So when they start the game at Baylor, which is going to be a similar team, they're going to be fine. But man, Iowa State, they're They're going to be in a little bit of trouble there. Kansas State, that's another great coach, developmental. However, they've had a lot of COVID-19 problems. So let's see what's going to happen there. Oklahoma State, uh, they're going to get destroyed. Uh, there's grudges there between Mullet Man and, and – uh, there's bad blood, let's say, between Mullet Man and Les Miles. I got to look at West Virginia. From what I've been hearing, West Virginia, it's a very depleted roster, right? So, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a big edge, man. At Texas Tech, be ready to bet Matty Wells and those Texas Tech Red Raiders.
2: Let me me just interject real quickly again. I hate to be the uh, terrorist, you know, suicide bomber here, but...
1: uh, Go ahead, man. That's why we have you here. The suicide bomber terrorist coming to us from parts I know. The Wolf Line, Greg Wolf.
2: Somewhere in New Jersey. I don't know where. (laughs) Let's just talk about what the doctor kind of tangentially referred to with the JC minimal. I mean, you're, when you talk about a JC transfer, they're like grown men at that point. Right? Tremendous value. To yeah, physically, them.
1: physically, yeah.
2: You know, because, you know, you have just aspects of maturity of when, you know, when you're talking about a physical game, uh, you're talking about testosterone, right? Big ass, big big issue, big issue. Like as far as aggression and size and strength and speed and everything else. So when you're comparing, like I'm gonna tell you that that there are many JC players, and I'm not gonna lay out like a percentage, but if I'm gonna talk about a, a JC transfer relative to just from a physical aspect. And a maturation aspect relative to some blue chip kid, it's a way undervalued difference between those two.
1: Right.
2: What, I'll take. I'll take. Uh, if I have to go and and look at a, a JC player that's transferring that maybe wasn't a uh, blue chip coming out of high school when he was just a kid, now he's a grown man. There's a huge difference there, and it's not that that's not something that is uh, appreciated or uh, recognized by the market.
1: No, and the first time I heard that was Howard Schnellenberger who won a national championship with those yep. old school Miami Hurricanes. He had a bunch of JC guys, and he goes to Florida State. And my buddy, who's the assistant uh, chief of police in Tampa hooked me up when they played Florida State, and I got to go in the locker room and hear a great speech by Howard Schnellenberger. He said, listen, he had a bunch of JCs. He goes, listen, those guys in Florida State were given scholarships. You guys here in Louisville worked for scholarship, and you took it. So if I went into a fight with a bunch of guys who were given something versus a, guy, a bunch of guys who are too, who took something, Who's gonna win, right? Who's gonna remember, win? Everybody went crazy, and then boom,
2: boom, boom, Remember too, Josh, that when when if a, a, an assistant coach or whoever recruited and was uh, in control of the recruiting process and gives a kid a four year uh, scholarship that doesn't even make the field because, uh, a, say a walk on out performs him and makes the field, that makes that recruiter look pretty stupid.
1: Right, right. And, and, and they get paid a lot of money to recruit. You got guys who are full-time recruiters that we talked about in a podcast that uh, I'm very happy, fortunate, and get. I've gotten a lot of rave reviews from. The interview I did with John Bronson who played four years with Joe Paterno at, at uh, Penn State and then goes on and plays with the Arizona Cardinals, with uh, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Edwin James, Kurt Warner. And uh, he, he talked about that. And we talked about how stats are put together in recruiting. But one thing about Les Miles, Les Miles is 100%. He doesn't have to go back to coaching, right? He's a multi-millionaire. His great grandkids are rich. So the fact that he's not getting J.C. guys is that he doesn't want guys who've had bad habits at other schools coming to his school. And he's a hundred percent micromanaging that program. And he's the God of the program. And he wants these guys to develop four years exactly the way he wants.
0: Well, and it's, it. I think that's the key. I don't think there's any doubt that JC um, have more value, but it's the, it's the time and, and, les miles wants those two years that instead of it you know blend junior college or you know whatever last right. chance last chance you up, yeah whatever last so he can have them from the beginning and believe me this can't work everywhere uh les miles knows he's getting paid a lot of money right. um to really whatever kansas gets kansas is going to go oh and nine more than likely um, I mean, if they win one of these games, it will be as a rather heavy underdog. Uh, best of luck to them, but it's probably not going to happen. Um, another piece... Les Miles and, is
1: always good for under. You got to look at under when you, when you... 100%. And
0: it's just it's not a good... Another reason why I look at this Texas Tech game, I looked at the Texas Tech schedule, is they have at Kansas State. Kansas State's a good team. Kansas State could very well blow out Texas Tech, and then we could see a... Under inflation of the line the next week, people thinking, Oh, Kansas and Texas Tech are on the same level. Well, okay, maybe so, but we're talking about a they team kind of all summer has been hearing about hey, in the last four years, Kansas has one conference win and it's right. you. Um, so they F- got
1: this, they're hiding place for this game
0: 100%. They, they, really, the they, they just want to embarrass this team, and that's why we want to take advantage of that. And the last thing I'll say. Putting the note on right, right
1: here on that game, right here. And when exactly. it's the exactly. bed, I'm gonna open up this book.
0: And Les Miles, I'll tell you this, he might not be the um the, the person you maybe style a game plan after or even sanity after. He's a little crazy. Um, okay. but I I it's intriguing to me in three or four years to see where Kansas is. When when Kansas hired Les Miles, it was very intriguing because I knew. No matter what, they're they're gonna really have to suck for him to get fired because they pay right. him a lot of money, and Kansas is not in the business of buying people out unless it's because of their dribbling a basketball.
1: Yeah, and yeah but yeah, I would I would encourage uh, the hardcore football fans that are listening to this because if you're listening to this, you're a hardcore football fan, and you want that hardcore football knowledge that that we give you. So if you're a hardcore football fan, which you are. Uh, by listening, continuing to listen and telling your friends about it, which we appreciate. Our ratings go up every time, right? Uh, research whether the AAC is a better football conference than the Big 12. My answer would be yes, but it's a completely biased answer because I went to the University of South Florida, which is a member of the AAC. But if USF played all of the members of the uh, Big Twelve, which they do, they start in Texas if they keep not conference games. Uh, I'm not afraid of Texas, but then again, I'm not playing.
2: Nobody's afraid of Texas anymore. No, because because they play trash football in a trash league.
1: So Iowa State, the
2: uh, trash conference. I'm sorry, trash conference.
1: Yeah, so they're going to cover at Oklahoma right and they're gonna cover at texas actually they got oklahoma at home and they played oklahoma tough they even beat them a couple of years ago in both times i bet Iowa State to the cover against oklahoma because of you know that oklahoma and greg and greg wolf's word oklahoma is going to be oversold that's going to be an inflated line against iowa state people blindly betting Barry Switzer, and Barry Switzer hasn't coached in Oklahoma in 30 years, and they're betting Barry Switzer. You know what? Billy Sims isn't coming through that door, and you got Matty Campbell covering for the 30 years in a row. Wouldn't that be something, doctor? They they would cover, and we make money three years in a row betting inflated, contrarian lines against those Oklahoma suitors and our guy, Lincoln Riley, and that. He's our guy because he has connections to uh, the Wednesday podcast, faith, family, football, air raid, Ben Raslap. Top uh, yes.
2: Yeah, let, uh, let, let, yeah, let me just interject real real quickly and I, you probably just misspoke, but what you're saying Oklahoma will be overbought, not oversold. they would be inflated. Yeah,
1: by- yeah, yeah. Overbought.
2: But but before I, I defer to the doctor. Uh, I will make this very. I mean, it's a it's cliche, but Oklahoma in the in the in the in the, uh, the small ten, the little ten. <laughs> ten it, you know what they are? You know what Oklahoma is. They're what's called the tallest midget
1: in the room. Right, that's what, the, that's what Oklahoma is. They're an SEC team. It's like almost uh, Florida State and Clemson. They're SEC teams. They walk and talk like SEC teams, um, they cheat academically like ACC teams, they buy players like SEC teams, but they act like um, Duke, right? In Wake Forest and so on and so forth. So that, that's this part of the way the scam works, but we make money on those um, Wake Forest-Clemson games. Guess what? Clemson's overbought and we go the other way and and gasoline
2: even texas texas a&m and mizzou absconded from the from this
1: the the little 10 because it was right right no it was a joke it was a joke in texas a&m they're they're military school and they have standards for academic standards that's why they've had trouble uh getting in the upper echelon of the sec well, we digress. Watch the next team, Kansas. Les Miles.
0: Yeah, we got Kansas. Um, the yeah, Les Miles. Year one, um, they won three games, and th- the-
1: they won three games. games. But Les Miles won. That got this five. He's getting five million dollars a year to coach Kansas well, football. God, God three, bless.
0: Three wins, but I'll tell you this: it's the mo- It's tied for the most wins they've had this entire decade. So. Right. <laughs> Which is ridiculous, and what really is tough with with getting rid of non-conference games, you could make a case um, that I mean they beat Boston College last year in in Massachusetts. <laughs> they then played, They would have played New Hampshire and at Coastal Carolina. That
1: cost <laughs> uh, that cost uh, Adinazo this job.
0: Yeah, they th- they could have been three and one. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Now they're going to go zero and nine. Uh, could have been back to back three win seasons the be- be- beginning of a dynasty out in um, you know Kansas look i, I remember, you know how how he's building the team and he he made the the choice of no i, I don't think i've ever seen this no junior college recruits Wow. So
1: every- and that's Kansas crazy for Kansas
0: every single kid that is walking through that door to play football for and and we're not talking um, a, a other transfer either. We're every new player is a true freshman unless they come back from injury or redshirt from last year um, with the same team. So they're obviously playing the long game in terms of okay, hey, in four years, hopefully these kids will have meshed as opposed to kind of the every two year, one That's year. A great that nugget. That's person. a great
1: nugget, no, no Doctor.
0: Thank you. And um, the and doctor, I always
1: doctor. the doctor. <laughs>
0: I always try and find something uh, nice to say about a team. This one was the toughest. Um, I thought, I think it was, there was a team earlier, uh, maybe last podcast, that Rutgers. I had a hard time finding right. a nice, something nice to say about Rutgers. I have. Um, their punter is apparently one of the best in the country. He's got a big leg. Um, so, yeah. The punter is good. That's the oh, that's the nice thing I can say about Kansas. Always well, well, it's story. very
1: important because you remember, this is a Les Miles team that, that plays field position, right? Field position is very important for Les Miles.
0: I mean, talent would be a big part of the field position game too. But having a punter, it's it's ideal. But you look at the one game I look at, I think Kansas is going to cover more often than not because we're going to see such inflated lines. But one game that I'm almost positive we are going to see uh, Kansas get absolutely demolished in is going to be at Texas Tech, and it has nothing to do with because Texas Tech is good or this or that. Kansas's only conference win last year, and I believe it's been their only conference win in a, in quite a long time, was to Texas Tech. That game is in Lubbock. Um, it's, they're not going to want to lose. To Kansas twice, and not only are they not going to want to lose Kansas twice, they are going to want to make these guys pay for what happened last year. Um, so I do expect Texas Tech, while not a great football team, still better in Texas to, uh, than Kansas, and they have that emotion. I wouldn't be surprised if, if that is for we'll get to them later, but for Texas Tech,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm putting that in my notes to bet that game, yeah. And that's and that's what happens, and that gives you an edge when you start. Betting games now. When you look at return to the mean, and then you look at the management of that team, you look at Maddie Wells, right? And Maddie Wells, then I read a lot about Maddie Wells. He's a he's he's a good Christian man. He is a man who is not skirt chasing or drinking. All right, he's sitting at home watching film, and when he's not watching film, he's out recruiting, or he's thinking about putting his staff together. Very focused guy, and the result of that is that he's made me a lot of money betting on his games, especially when he was at Utah State in that Mountain West. Uh, When you're at Utah State in that Mountain West, you don't have a lot of players, so he coached them up, and those guys played well until late in the season, where it was just a matter of attrition, and of course, I went the other way and monetized that. So, the when you look at the flows of season and you look at depths of team that's when you can really do that and you can bet a team the whole year and just remember to go the other way when they start depleting players uh the market doesn't adjust but you see that inefficiency in the market and what you do you monetize it you put it on your bitcoin card and you you start using that bitcoin card for vacations right vacations and you take the money out you bet more and you keep rolling, right? So that is uh, your Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, very important when you're looking at Kansas is uh, who's coming back. So they got six guys on offense, five on defense, because like the good doctor, that was a very good nugget there. Uh, there's going to be a lot of true freshmen that are development in The top 42, when you look at football, you look at the top 42 players, half of those guys are going to be freshmen. So when they start the game at Baylor, which is going to be a similar team, they're going to be fine. But man, Iowa State, they're they're going to be in a little bit of trouble there. Kansas State, that's another great coach, developmental. Menel. However, they've had a lot of COVID-19 problems. So let's see what's going to happen there. Oklahoma State, uh, they're going to get destroyed. Uh, there's grudges there between Mullet Man and, and – uh, there's bad blood, let's say, between Mullet Man and Les Miles. I got to look at West Virginia. From what I've been hearing, West Virginia, it's a very depleted roster, right? So, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a big edge, man. At Texas Tech, be ready to bet Matty Wells and those Texas Tech Red Raiders.
2: Let me let me just interject real quickly again. I hate to be the uh, terrorist, you know, suicide bomber here, but... Go uh, ahead, man. That's
1: why we have you here, the suicide bomber terrorist coming to us from parts I know. The Wolf line, Greg Wolf.
2: Somewhere in New Jersey. I don't know where. <laughs> so, so let's just talk about what the doctor uh, kind of tangentially referred to with the JC minimal. I mean, you're, when you talk about a JC transfer, they're like grown men at that point. Right. Tremendous value. To yeah, physically, the physically,
1: yeah.
2: You know, because, you know, you have just aspects of maturity of when, you know, when you're talking about a physical game, uh, you're talking about testosterone, right? Big ass, big big issue, big issue. Like as far as aggression and size and strength and speed and everything else. So when you're comparing, like I'm gonna tell you that that there are many JC players, and I'm not gonna lay out like a percentage, but if I'm gonna talk about a, a, a JC transfer relative to just from a physical aspect and a maturation aspect relative to some blue chip kid. It's a way undervalued difference between those two. Right. What, I'll take, I'll take, uh, if I have to go and, and look at a, a JC player that's transferring that maybe wasn't a uh, blue chip coming out of high school when he was just a kid, now he's a grown man there's a huge difference there and it's not that that's not something that is uh, appreciated or uh, recognized by the market
1: no and the first time i heard that was howard schnellenberger who won a national championship with those yeah. old school miami hurricane and he had a bunch of jc guys and he goes to florida state and my buddy who's the assistant uh, chief of police in tampa hooked me up when they played Florida State, and I got to go in the locker room and hear a great speech by Howard Schnellenberger. He said, listen, he had a bunch of JCs. He goes, listen, those guys in Florida State were given scholarships. You guys here, in Louisville, worked for scholarships, and you took it. So if I went into a fight with a bunch of guys who were given something versus a, guy, a bunch of guys who are too, who took something, Who's going to win, right? Who's going to win? Remember, Everybody went crazy. You, and then boom,
2: boom, boom. Remember, too, Josh, that when when if uh, an assistant coach or whoever recruited and was uh, in control of the recruiting process and gives a kid a four-year uh, scholarship that doesn't even make the field because, uh, a, say, a walk-on out – performs him and makes the field, that makes that recruiter look pretty stupid.
1: Right, right. And, and, and they get paid a lot of money to recruit. You got guys who are full-time recruiters that we talked about in a podcast that uh, I'm very happy, fortunate, and get. I've gotten a lot of rave reviews from. The interview I did with John Bronson who played four years with Joe Paterno at, at uh, Penn State and then goes on and plays with the Arizona Cardinals with uh, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Edwin James, Kurt Warner. And uh, he, he talked about that. And we talked about how stats are put together in recruiting. But one thing about Les Miles, Les Miles is 100%. He doesn't have to go back to coaching, right? He's a multi-millionaire. His great grandkids are rich. So the fact that he's not getting J.C. guys is that he doesn't want guys who have bad habits at other schools coming to his school. And he's a hundred percent micromanaging that program. And he's the God of the program. And he wants these guys to develop four years exactly the way he wants.
0: Well, and it's, it. I think that's the key. I don't think there's any doubt that JC um, have more value, but it's the, it's the time and, and, les miles wants those two years that instead of it you know blend junior college or you know whatever last right. chance last chance is, you but, uh, yeah whatever last so he can have them from the beginning and believe me this can't work everywhere uh les miles knows he's getting paid a lot of money right. um to really whatever kansas gets kansas is going to go oh and nine more than likely um, I mean, if they win one of these games, it will be as a rather heavy underdog. Uh, best of luck to them, but it's probably not going to happen. Um, another piece... Les
1: Miles and, is always good for under. You got to look at under when you, when you... 100%. You, and
0: it's just it's, not... It another reason why I look at this Texas Tech game, I looked at the Texas Tech schedule, is they have at Kansas State. Kansas State's a good team. Kansas State could very well blow out Texas Tech, and then we could see a... Under inflation of the line the next week, people thinking, Oh, Kansas and Texas Tech are on the same level. Well, okay, maybe so, but we're talking about a they team kind of all summer has been hearing about hey, in the last four years, Kansas has one conference win and it's right. you. Um, so
1: they got this, they're, they're hiding place for this game
0: 100%. They, they, really, the really they just want to embarrass this team, and that's why we want to take advantage of that. And the last thing I'll say. Putting the, the
1: note on right here on that game, right here. And when exactly, it's time to exactly. bed, I'm gonna open up this book.
0: And Les Miles, I'll tell you this, he might not be the um the the person you maybe style a game plan after or even sanity after. He's a little crazy. Um, okay. but I I it's intriguing to me in three or four years to see where Kansas is. When when Kansas hired Les Miles, it was very intriguing because I knew. No matter what, they're they're gonna really have to suck for him to get fired because they pay right. him a lot of money and Kansas is not in the business of buying people out unless it's because of their dribbling of basketball. Yeah,
2: and, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, but Doctor, what happened mm-hmm. to the last program that uh Les miles took over after LSU? This is the program he
1: took after LSU. This
0: is. I don't he hasn't I don't think he's been anywhere else. Mich-
1: no. Yeah, he never Arizona. went to Michigan. Yeah, no. He won a national title at LSU. And mm-hmm. then, and then uh, got pushed uh, out. Ed journal was there recruiting for him. But uh, basically, he recruited around 60 to 70% of the guys that won the national championships this last year. So he's a great – nobody's ever questioned Les Miles' ability to recruit and to judge talent, to be a good judge of talent. And he's a great networking guy. That's why he got, he's gotten ruled, uh, roles in, in several movies, big parts, even though he's not an actor. He's a great uh, networker, right? And by and large, he's a great guy. He's a great family man. He's been married to the woman forever. He does not cheat on her, uh, from the reports we get. He's an enormously wealthy guy who's done well with his investments. The only knock I got against him is that, and it's not even a knock because I made money off of it. I just know. The less Miles doesn't like to blow people out. He keeps games close, and he does it too close, and he loses some games he probably should have won. And the alumni is mad, but I'm happy catching my tickets because I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> We're dancing. was at and LSU. He's grabbing, grabbing he's, the cash.
0: He's not blowing anybody <laughs> out at Kansas for a whole different reason other than the fact that he doesn't want to blow people out. But uh, next up well, – That's he, when
1: he was at uh, LSU.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And even before yeah, then, yeah, he, he was – Thank you. Uh, Kansas State is up next. Um, and this is a team similar similarly to Iowa State, I think is one of those teams that can be there in that kind of you know 2.0, the second matchup between those teams, whoever it'll be in the championship game against, you would have to assume Oklahoma. Chris Kleiman, you know, laid or made his craft. Getting guys like Easton Stick and Carson Wentz ready for the big time. Yeah, I see, yeah
1: you, you could have no opinion on it because
0: of the big time uh, Hey, 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 hey! I'm just, I'm, I'm just putting the facts down. Just putting the facts down. He's the coach at North Dakota State. Everyone knows my feelings on Carson Wentz. Just reminding everyone that that is where Carson Wentz went. I'm moving on. I promise. Um, his first year uh, surprised people. He it was supposed to be a down year. Um, and this is a team that is every year it's kind of the same thing they're going to run the football they're going to play good defense this year they have um, Skylar Thompson who I believe is a four year starter which believe me I don't have to tell people about especially late in the year um, and in a conference that's so it's honestly to me it's a horse race that the favorite is like four to five and everyone else is like six to one and right. it's like, someone's going to win money on this. You just have to pick one of the three ugly, ugly stepsisters that are also going to make it into the championship game. Um, I think Kansas is one of them. And a lot of it is coaching. I think when you have a guy who, now, obviously, North Dakota State is not the, the little 10. I'm sure Greg Wolf will disagree on that. But um, it's a situation no, where...
2: I, I, I actually think, Dr., if I could
0: uh-huh. go
2: in I actually think that North Dakota State, if they win, this is this goes to like the uh, relegation promotion model of soccer. Oh, okay. so I'm kind of going to go off on a little tangent here. North Dakota
1: State would
2: be. We wouldn't
1: want it any other way, man. They, be, would be, they would be. would stream the of conscious tangent podcast.
2: If if North Dakota State went to the the little ten right now, they'd be. One of the favorites. (laughs)
0: True.
1: Why not? They were fifteen to zero. Be
0: better than Kansas. They'd be better than Kansas, and um, they'd be in the top conference.
1: No question about it. In my mind,
0: we that would be a that would be a very well. If Chris coaching, I think think they'd be better than Kansas.
1: Basically, that's what it is because that Skylar Thompson, uh, I think, was at North Dakota State, but he's Chris Kleiman's guy, right? And I, I saw that game, and I guess it was a, a crazy ending, but they still covered. You know, everybody was crazy because they lost. They, they had Oklahoma beat, and all the guy had to do was, like, kneel down and whatever. Some crazy stuff happens, and Oklahoma wins the game. Uh, it, or something crazy happened, Hail Mary with uh, Jalen Hurts, and they're laughing, and they should have lost. Uh, but they covered the spread, and I knew they were going to cover the spread. Again, easy – Inflated line, easy to monetize. And there's going to be a lot of Chris Clamming games that are going to be easier to monetize. And basically, North, North Dakota State is Kansas State because he's recruiting the same guys that play there uh, to Kansas State. And this is the guy, you know how I say, especially Oklahoma State, uh, they, they work in two-year cycles. One year, they're bad. TCU the same way. One year, they're bad. Developmental year. Next year, they're good. Chris Kleiman is good every year because the man is obsessed with football. He only probably uh, looks and hangs out with his wife at Christmas and Easter. The rest of the time, he's watching film. The rest of the time, he's recruiting. rest of the time, he's plotting, right? And we have, again, we mentioned top 10 in every receiving courting in the FCS, Ben Gratzlach and listen to the podcast, because I asked him, uh, do you have some teams you circle on the calendar, and are you uh, putting new things to the air raid that teams haven't seen to make last year's film useless? He's like 100%. We're putting in some new wrinkles to the air raid right now, and, and that's March, right? March, April, May. Those are big months for Chris Kleiman, right? Where he's plotting, right? And you look what teams that he lose to, Baylor, Baylor, uh, Close losses to Texas, West Virginia, right? And that shows you what great of a coach he is because West Virginia has no talent. So he, he probably was very depleted in that game. And I think I remember that game. There were a lot of injuries on Kansas State. But they were able to go 8-5, go to a bowl game, and look for them to cover for you, especially Early in the season against West Virginia, against Tom Herman. Tom Herman is great as an underdog. He's 90% as a dog, but he's only around 60% as a favorite, which he will be in this game. And I'll, I'll flat out say this, Doctor. I'm going to flat out say that Chris uh, Kleiman is a better coach than Tom Herman. And he will oh, outcoach him.
0: No doubt him. about it.
1: And uh, I agree with, with the doctor. Uh, doctors as much of a cynical kind of trainer as I am, and I believe that Kansas State can sneak in and get to the champ, because that's what Chris Kleiman does, man. That, last year was the first time in a long time he wasn't in a title game. I know they've had some COVID-19 problems, but knowing Chris Kleiman, he was probably intentionally trying to get herd immunity because of right in the beginning. So, hey, Chris Kleiman has now herd immunity. He doesn't have to worry about COVID-19. And watch out for those Kansas State Wildcats and Chris Kleiman uh, to be remember, just as good as anybody else.
2: Remember, Josh, as just a purely technical uh, platform, that analysis platform at the Wolf Line is, we understand that these are relationships.
0: Talent would be a big part of the field position game too, but having a punter, it's, it's ideal. But you look at the one game I look at, I think Kansas is going to cover more often than not because we're going to see such inflated lines. But one game that I'm almost positive we are going to see uh, Kansas get absolutely demolished in is going to be at Texas Tech. And it has nothing to do with why, because Texas Tech is good or this or that. Kansas's only conference win last year, and I believe it's been their only conference win in, a, in quite a long time, was to Texas Tech. That game is in Lubbock. Um, it's, they're not going to want to lose to Kansas twice. And not only are they not going to want to lose to Kansas twice, they're going to want to make these guys pay for what happened last year. Um, so I do expect Texas Tech, while not a great football team, still better in Texas to, uh, than Kansas, and they have that emotion. I wouldn't be surprised if, if that is for – we'll get to them later. But for Texas Tech – Yeah, I'm putting that in my notes to bet that
1: game. And that's and that's what happens, and that gives you an edge when you start betting games. Now, when you look at return to the mean, and then you look at the management of that team, you look at Maddie Wells, right? And Maddie Wells, Vinny, I read a lot about Maddie Wells. He's a, he's he's a good Christian man. He is a man who is not skirt chasing or drinking. All right, he's sitting at home watching film. And when he's not watching film, he's out recruiting or he's thinking about putting his staff together. Very focused guy. And the result of that is that he's made me a lot of money betting on his games, especially when he was at Utah State in that mountain west. Uh, When you're at Utah State in that mountain west, you don't have a lot of players. So he coached them up. And those guys played well until late in the season where it was just a matter of attrition. And, of course, I went the other way and monetized that. So When you look at the flows of season and you look at depths of team, that's when you can really do that. And you can bet a team the whole year and just remember to go the other way when they start depleting players. Uh, The market doesn't adjust, but you see that inefficiency in the market. And what you do, you monetize it, you put it on your Bitcoin card and you, you start using that Bitcoin card for vacations, right? Vacations and you take the money out, you bet more. And you keep rolling, right? So that is uh, your Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, Very important when you're looking at Kansas is uh, who's coming back. So they got six guys on offense, five on defense, because like the good doctor, that was a very good nugget there. Uh, There's going to be a lot of true freshmen that are development In the top 42, when you look at football, you look at the top 42 players, half of those guys are going to be freshmen. So when they start the game at Baylor, which is going to be a similar team, they're going to be fine. But man, Iowa State, they're They're going to be in a little bit of trouble there. Kansas State, that's another great coach, developmental. However, they've had a lot of COVID-19 problems. So let's see what's going to happen there. Oklahoma State, uh, they're going to get destroyed. Uh, there's grudges there between Mullet Man and, and uh, there's bad blood, let's say, between Mullet Man and Les Miles. I got to look at West Virginia. From what I've been hearing, West Virginia, that's a very depleted roster, right? So, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a big edge, man. At Texas Tech, be ready to bet Matty Wells in those Texas Tech Red Raiders.
2: Let me let me just interject real quickly again. I hate to see the uh terrorist, you know, suicide bomber here, but uh Go ahead, man. That's why we
1: have you here, the suicide bomber terrorist coming to us from parts I know. The wolf line, Greg, Wolf.
2: Somewhere in New Jersey. I don't know where. <laughs> so, so let's just talk about what the doctor uh kind of tangentially referred to. With the JC, minimal. I mean, you're, when you talk about a JC transfer, they're like grown men at that point, right? Tremendous value. To yeah, physically, transfer.
1: physically. Yeah.
2: You know, because you know, you have just aspects of maturity of when you know when you're talking about a physical game. Uh, you're talking about testosterone, right? Big ass, big big issue, big issue. Like as far as aggression and size and strength and speed and everything else. So when you're comparing, like I'm going to tell you that that there are many JC players, and I'm not going to lay out like a percentage, but if I'm going to talk about a, a, a JC transfer relative to just from a physical aspect re- and a maturation st- aspect. Relative to some blue chip kid. It's a way undervalued difference between those two.
1: Right.
2: What, I'll take, I'll take, uh, if I have to go and, and look at a, a JC player that's transferring that maybe wasn't a uh, blue chip coming out of high school when he was just a kid. Now he's a grown man. There's a huge difference there, and it's not that—that's not something that is uh, appreciated or uh, recognized by the market.
1: No, and the first time I heard that was Howard Schnellenberger, who won a national championship with those yeah. old-school Miami Hurricanes. He had a bunch of JC guys, and he goes to Florida State. And my buddy, who's the assistant uh, chief of police in Tampa. I hooked me up when they played Florida State, and I got to go in the locker room and hear a great speech by Howard Schnellenberger. He said, listen, he had a bunch of JCs. He goes, listen, those guys at Florida State were given scholarships. You guys here in Louisville worked for scholarships, and you took it. So if I went into a fight with a bunch of guys who were given something versus a guy, bunch of guys who, are too, who took something, Who's gonna win, right? Who's gonna win? Remember, Everybody went crazy, you, and then
2: boom, boom, boom. Remember too, Josh, that when when if uh, an assistant coach or whoever recruited and was uh, in control of the recruiting process and gives a kid a four year uh, scholarship that doesn't even make the field because, uh, a, say a walk on out. Performs him and makes the field that makes that recruiter look pretty stupid,
1: right? Right, and and, and they get paid a lot of money to recruit. You got guys who are full time recruiters that we talked about in a podcast that uh, I'm very happy fortunate and get I've gotten a lot of rave reviews from. The interview I did with John Bronson, who played four years with Joe Paterno at, at uh, Penn State, and then goes on and plays with the Arizona Cardinals with uh, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Edwin James, Kurt Warner. And uh, he, he talked about that. And we talked about how stats are put together and recruiting. But one thing about Les Miles, Les Miles is 100%. He doesn't have to go back to coaching, right? He's a multi-millionaire. His great grandkids are rich. So the fact that he's not getting J.C. guys – Is that he doesn't want guys who have bad habits at other schools coming to his school. And he's a hundred percent micromanaging that program. And he's the God of the program. And he wants these guys to develop four years exactly the way he wants.
0: Well, and it's, it's, I think that's the key. I don't think there's any doubt that JC um, have more value, but it's the, it's the time and, and, les miles will, wants those two years that instead of it you know blend junior college or you know whatever last right. chance last chance you up, yeah whatever last so he can have them from the beginning and believe me this can't work everywhere uh les miles knows he's getting paid a lot of money right. um to really whatever kansas gets kansas is going to go zero and nine more than likely um, I mean, if they win one of these games, it will be as a rather heavy underdog. Uh, best of luck to them, but it's probably not going to happen. Um, another piece Plus
1: miles and, is always good for under. You got to look at under
0: when you. When one hundred, and it's just not another reason why I look at this Texas Tech game. I looked at the Texas Tech schedule; is they have at Kansas State. Kansas State's a good team. Kansas State could very well blow out Texas Tech, and then we could see a. Under inflation of the line, the next week people thinking, "Oh, Kansas and Texas Tech are on the same level." Well, okay, maybe so, but we're talking about a they team kind of all summer has been hearing about. Hey, in the last four years Kansas has one conference win, and it's right. young. Um So
1: they that, got their hiding place for this game.
0: One hundred percent for reason, really, of the really they just want to embarrass this team, and that's why we want to take advantage of that. And the last thing I'll say put in the, the note
1: on right, right here on that game, right here. And when exactly. it's time exactly. to I'm gonna open up this book.
0: And Les Miles, I'll tell you this, he might not be the um the the person you maybe style a game plan after or even sanity after. He's a little crazy. Um, but I I it's intriguing to me in three or four years to see where Kansas is. When when Kansas hired Les Miles, it was very intriguing because I knew. No matter what, they're they're gonna really have to suck for him to get fired because they paid him a lot of money, and Kansas is not in the business of buying people out unless it's because of their dribbling a basketball. Yeah,
2: but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but doctor, what happened mm -hmm. to the last program that uh, Les Miles took over after LSU? This is the program he
1: took after LSU. This
0: is. I don't. He hasn't. I don't think he's been anywhere else. No. Yeah,
1: he never Arizona. went to Michigan. Yeah, no. Arizona. He won a national title at LSU. Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, got pushed uh, out. Ed journal was there recruiting for him, but uh, basically he recruited around 60 to 70% of the guys that won the national championships this last year. So he's a great, nobody's ever questioned Les Miles' ability to recruit and to judge talent, to be a good judge of talent. And he's a great networking guy. That's why he got he's gotten ruled, uh, roles in, in several movies, bit parts, you know, he's not an actor. He's a great uh, networker, right? And by and large, he's a great guy. He's a great family man. He's been married to the woman forever. He does not cheat on her uh, from the reports we get. He's an enormously wealthy guy who's done well with his investments. The only knock I got against him is that, and it's not even a knock because I made money off of it. I just know the less Miles doesn't like to blow people out. He keeps games close, and he does it too close, and he loses some games he probably should have won. And the alumni is mad, but I'm happy catching my tickets because I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> We're dancing. Yeah, that was at LSU. grabbing the cash.
0: He's not blowing anybody <laughs> out at Kansas for a whole different reason other than the fact that he doesn't want to blow people out. But uh, next up well, – That's we, when
1: he was at uh, LSU.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And even before yeah, then, he was – Thank you. Uh, Kansas State is up next. Um, and this is a team similar similarly to Iowa State, I think is one of those teams that can be there in that kind of you know 2.0, the second matchup between those teams, whoever it'll be in the championship game against, you would have to assume Oklahoma. Chris Kleiman, you know, laid or made his craft. Getting guys like Easton Stick and Carson Wentz ready for the big yeah, time. See, yeah,
1: you, you could have no opinion on them because of the
0: time. Uh, hey, 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 hey. I'm just, I'm, I'm just putting the facts down. Just putting the facts down. He's the coach at North Dakota State. Everyone knows my feelings on Carson Wentz. Just reminding everyone that that is where Carson Wentz went. I'm moving on, I promise. Um, his first year uh, surprised people. He, it was supposed to be a down year. Um, and this is a team that is every year it's kind of the same thing they're gonna run the football they're gonna play good defense this year they have um Skyler Thompson who I believe is a four-year starter which believe me I don't have to tell people about especially late in the year um and in a conference that's so it's honestly to me it's a horse race that the favorite is like four to five and everyone else is like six to one and right. it's like, someone's going to win money on this. You just have to pick one of the three ugly, ugly stepsisters that are also going to make it into the championship game. Um, I think Kansas is one of them. And a lot of it is coaching. I think when you have a guy who, now, obviously, North Dakota State is not the the little 10. I'm sure Greg Wolf will disagree on that. But um, it's a situation no, where...
2: I, I, I actually think, doctor, if I could uh-huh. go in I actually think that North Dakota State, if they win, this is this goes to like the uh, relegation promotion model of soccer. Oh, okay. so I'm kind of going to go off on a little tangent here. North Dakota
1: State would be... We wouldn't want it any other way, man. They, be, would be, this would be, extreme they would be a stream of conscious tangent podcast.
2: If, if North Dakota State went to the, the little 10 right now, they'd be one of the favorites
1: <laughs> true why not they were 15 and 0. They'd be
0: better sure. than kansas i will I, they'd be better than kansas and um they'd be what? in the top of the conference no
1: question about it in my mind
0: we that would be a that would be a very well, interesting. Yeah, chris I, I coaching. I think, I, think, teams, I think they'd be better than coaches. kansas
1: it's, basically that's what it is because that's skyler thompson uh, i think was at north carolina state but he's chris Kleiman's guy right and I, I saw that game, and I guess it was a, a crazy ending, but they still covered. You know, everybody was crazy because they lost. They, they had Oklahoma beat, and all the guy had to do was, like, kneel down and whatever. So crazy stuff happens, and Oklahoma wins the game. Uh, it, or something crazy happened, Hail Mary with uh, Jalen Hurts, and they're laughing, and they should have lost. Uh, but they covered the spread, and I knew they were going to cover the spread. Again, easy – Inflated line easy to monetize, and there's going to be a lot of Chris Fleming games that are going to be easier. monetize. and basically, North, North Dakota State is Kansas State because he's recruiting the same guys that play there uh, to Kansas State. And this is the guy you know, how I say, especially Oklahoma State, uh, they, they work in two year cycles one year they're bad, TCU is the same way, one year they're bad, developmental year, next year they're good. Chris Kleiman is good every year because the man is obsessed with football. He only probably uh, looks and hangs out with his wife at Christmas and Easter. The rest of the time, he's watching film. The rest of the time, he's recruiting. The rest of the time, he's plotting, right? And we have, again, we mentioned top 10 in every receiving courting in the FCS, Ben Gratzlach and listen to the podcast because I asked him, uh, do you have some teams you circle on the calendar and are you uh, putting new things to the air raid that teams haven't seen to make last year's film useless? He's like 100%. We're putting in some new wrinkles to the air raid right now, and, and that's March, right? March, April, May. Those are big months for Chris Kleiman, right? Where he's plotting, right? And you look what teams that he lose to, Baylor, Baylor, uh, Close losses to Texas, West Virginia, right? And that shows you what great of a coach he is because West Virginia has no talent. So he, he probably was very depleted in that game. And I think I remember that game. There were a lot of injuries on Kansas State. But they were able to go 8-5, go to a bowl game, and look for them to cover for you, especially Early in the season against West Virginia, against Tom Herman, Tom Herman is great as an underdog. He's ninety percent as a dog, but he's only around sixty percent as a favorite, which he will be in this game. And I'll, I'll flat out say this, Doctor, I'm going to flat out say that Chris uh, Hyman is a better coach than Tom Herman, and he will oh, outcoach him,
0: no doubt about him. it.
1: No doubt about and uh, I agree with with the Doctor. Uh, doctors as much of a cynical kind of trainer as I am, and I believe that Kansas State can sneak in and get to the champ, because that's what Chris Kleiman does, man. That, last year was the first time in a long time he wasn't in a title game. I know they've had some COVID-19 problems, but knowing Chris Kleiman, he was probably intentionally trying to get herd immunity because of right in the beginning. So, hey, Chris Kleiman has not herd immunity. He doesn't have to worry about COVID-19. And watch out for those Kansas State Wildcats and Chris Kleiman to be just as good as anybody else.
2: Remember, Josh, as just a purely technical uh, platform, that analysis platform at the Wolf Line is, we understand that these are relationships that are proven over a million years. Many different leagues and sports, over a million uh, potential scenarios. The it's called the Wolf Line Efficient Market Hypothesis, which means that during these times of over adjustment, the relationships are shorter term inefficient and longer term ine- and longer term efficient. That's how. It goes. All right, we don't we
1: yeah we don't we only care about the short term. And we only care about specifically the dynamics of the particular games. So to that end to be specific for the audience, you're looking at uh Kansas State, right, to cover Texas October the third. Uh you're looking at them to cover at Oklahoma on November 14th. And even that Baylor game, there's a logarithms that uh or whatever numbers that that uh, lady from Barstool Sports Penn National, is talking about, they're going to be screwy uh, November 28th at Baylor because Baylor was kind of almost an inflated fake uh, uh, mirrors. What do they got? Smoking mirrors, 11 to 3 last year.
2: Don't get me started on this fraud, Erica Nardini at Barstool. <laughs> because I would just start punching holes in concrete.
1: <laughs> she She reminds me of the mafia lady from The Sopranos. She definitely like Victoria Gotti type international CEO. Yeah, definitely a lot to, to, to talk. She always she has she to be right next to him. Because she yeah, knows she needs she'll probably to to say to something to stupid.
2: Need she, she needs to learn a little bit of security law, I think. Before she opens her mouth again.
1: Well, she's the kind of one that pays off the regulators. Right What's our next team? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: We have uh, the, the prohibitive favorite, um, Oklahoma. Obviously, we all know Lincoln Riley It's coming into its fourth year. I don't know if there's – I mean, obviously, you can look at LSU. I know they lost a ton. Um, but Oklahoma lost a ton. I mean, they lost their three best offensive players by far, Jalen Hurts, uh, Anthony P. Ryan, and uh, C.D. Lamb, who all were incredible. My question for this Oklahoma team is I don't think they're going undefeated in this conference. I think they're going to slip up there. They have a, a freshman or a starting uh, or a sophomore quarterback. There's no more Kyler Murray. There's no more Baker Mayfield. There's no more Jalen hurts to start the year. It's the first time Lincoln Riley's going to try to have to really develop a quarterback. Um, and I, I think this is a good team. I think they're a good eight and one team. I don't know where it comes from. Uh, I did, Obviously, we always look at the Texas game. That, that's a rivalry game. You know uh, Texas wants that more than pretty much anything. And they lost I also last year, right? At, at, at Iowa State, we obviously know what happened last year with Iowa State. Iowa State probably should have beat them in Norman. Didn't happen. I don't – I think we kind of alluded it to when we talked to Iowa State. This is definitely a coverage game for Iowa State. Um, like I said, I, there, there's, a, there's a mine, there's a mine in this minefield, if you will. I don't think they're going nine and zero. Somewhere they're going to s- stumble, and I think it'll be in one of the four games. Um, they're home to Baylor, uh, neutral site uh, at Texas, and then um, at Iowa State, and then of course the Bedlam game, which is oddly enough in the middle of the season, not at the end. That seems odd to me. But um, crazy. Those are yeah. I don't think that's ever happened before. I don't know what the story of that is, but anyways, I guess it really doesn't matter this year because it's 2020 anyway. So, yeah, no, yeah. Four games. I think there's a potential for them to falter, um, only because I think we're going to see what Lincoln Riley fully has. Uh, there's there's a lot of people who hey, you give a kid a Lamborghini or a, a Lamborghini or Ferrari. Well, yeah, he's probably going to be able to drive fast because he's had a fast car. What about the the Chris Heidmans who've been you know, who've been kind of toiling in the one double A's, and I know North Coast is exactly toiling, but they haven't been – their first job isn't here's Oklahoma and three straight Heisman finalists straight off the bat.
1: And actually, I was wrong about that. I remember what happened. Uh, Kansas State did beat Oklahoma last year, right? No, they didn't. didn't That's what I saw in the Phil Steele, right? Didn't Kansas yeah. State beat Oklahoma?
0: Yeah. Yes, they did. I'm yeah. sorry.
1: Right, right. So, what happened was that Oklahoma had a. I was, I, I, I was covering by like 20 points, and Oklahoma hit a lucky play, and I turned the TV off because I was, I was upset because I wanted Kansas State to win, and they ended up winning anyway. But that was the story. I want well, to correct that for the people.
2: This, this is the both of you. Name me the last, like, out of the last 15 years, there's been what, like, how many, how many, uh, or a big or little 10 uh, uh, quarterbacks have thrown for like a billion yards and been and won Heisman's and then been a total stiff at the next level. All, all of them. I, I, the only one I can remember that, that kid has even had any type of success
1: is Andy Dalton. That's the only one. And I only well, well,
0: think yeah, in Archie the Big
1: rj3 um, had a pretty good rookie year but yeah it's hard to it's hard to think guys that they have been good other than andy dalton we've been able to uh to you got
2: you got you got, got the uh heifels and, and and all the uh who was the other guy sam bradford and, you know everybody you know it's total the guy and, the one uh, that
1: heisman trophy yeah number 18 who usc destroyed Remember that guy there was yeah, a bunch
0: I, and even to that, I, I'd have to look it up, but even the year Andy Dalton was at TCU, that might have been the last year TCU was in the Mountain West. Um, right. I, that that no was idea, great, right. but that's a great point. I mean, even we, we see – I always go back to uh, Jason White. He, he, he was a quarterback for the Oklahoma back in, I think, 2000, 2001. And,
2: didn't he win the Heisman? Didn't he win the Heisman? Yeah,
0: exactly. And he didn't do – Jack shit. I mean he's uh,
1: and well the, actually actually we gotta look at uh, Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes just won the Super
0: Bowl. Oh that's fair. Okay, we did have Pat Mahomes. Okay. Pat fair Mahomes just won the, yeah, Pat, is Mahomes Pat Mahomes just
1: won the Super Bowl. He okay, but for, I mean, billion yards for, for uh Clingsbury and see this is a small world because Clingsbury is at Oklahoma and his best friend is the office of coordinator for your Houston. Baptist football and our guy Ben Raslap Faith Family football every Wednesday this year during the football season. Small world, small small world.
2: And and but that bleeds over then to now how the NFL the big difference between college in this current incarnation of how you know the passing game has become you know flag football more so in different. Uh, conferences or sectors and others, but you know uh, it's even. Bleeds- out on Baker
1: Mayfield, if people would say. Yeah. yeah, it's a joke.
2: It's a joke. It's a joke. And and <laughs> and if you look at if you look at like the big the big difference is in the NFL how and that bleeds over is that pass interference is a spot call as opposed to fifteen yards defense pass interference and you know that's a spot violation. Yeah, no,
1: just, but it's for, it's for the money for the shield.
2: They can just throw the ball up for grabs and, uh, the guy, the guy sneezes on the other guy and it's, uh, it's it pass interference and it's a 50 yard game. I mean, come on.
1: Right. But one of the things I prided myself about the John Bronson podcast, uh, Penn state, we talked some hardcore football. And when you look at Oklahoma, uh, it reminds me, even though they've had a little bit more success, they play, they play in a weaker conference. They remind me of what's going on at USC. Because what you look at is the blue chip conference like this, or blue chip uh, program like this, they're getting phenomenal athletes. They're getting upper tier uh, five stars. So, how is Lincoln Riley developing these guys? And how tough are these guys? Now, when they go to the playoffs, they get out tough, especially in the trenches. Especially, uh, I did notice their offensive lines are fine. When they need to go in the red zone and block people, they're fine. But their defensive lines, except for like one guy last year, they're all getting blown off the ball. Uh, I almost said a bad word. Uh, their, their defensive backs, putting their heads in the hole, um, are not up to par. They're not as tough as I would like them to be in a playoff situation. So he has had an issue developing the defense. And you go back to Greg's talking about scoring too fast. Can you have a defense scoring too fast, right? Chip Kelly would say, no, we can use sports science and get these guys in shape. It hasn't been out there, right? It hasn't been out there where a team that's uh, air raid uh, flying back and forth and scoring quickly can come back on the field. And stop the other team, and then they lose too much weight to be tough and stick their head in the hole. Like we were talking with John Bonson about sticking your head in the hole and being tough in a playoff game, and getting a win for your team, getting a stop that's, on the the, team.
2: that's the reason, Josh, why like like conferences like the ten, you know, their their uh, total or from an options standpoint, implied volatility is so high because it's aggregated between the two, so. You get these teams that are just, you know, scoring at will, just, you know, because no everybody was afraid to play defense. Then their defense, you know, then the offense comes on the field of the other team, and you know they're going to score too, Man. right? Because that's just the that's just the nature of how the game has has, has uh, devolved, in my opinion.
1: Well, guess what guess. do you think? though? yeah, yeah. What do you think, Doug? Is Baylor game to start the season a trap game? I don't use that terminology. You know, Doc?
0: Um I I think Baylor might so. cover I Yeah. So. It would
1: be like plus sixty four. So plus sixty four. Uh, Baylor uh, doesn't have any talent, especially on defense, right? But you gotta think they got to hide plays for the Texas game. That's that's pandemic game. I
0: don't even Both I don't, even know, if it, I don't yeah. even know if it's hiding plays. They might literally not know who the quarterback is in that game, so we might see a really disjointed Oklahoma team. Even I don't if, think so
1: because remember this is like uh the fun and gun with Spurrier. Uh you can put me or you in there and we're still going to get like 300 yards.
0: But this is the for I mean, we haven't seen Lincoln Riley's offense without anybody I saw him done.
1: With a, in a
0: head coach, uh, yeah, way? I saw him
1: with a five-six Puerto Rican quarterback at East Carolina going against USF, and we beat them. But they had um, with that guy Hardy, who plays at in Atlanta. They they went up and down the field because he uh, Lincoln Riley, That's why they want. That's why uh, they want a Dallas. Any defense you line up it is wrong. You have to play for it, and the guys adjust on the line of scrimmage. And there's a guy wide open. That's why the, the I gotta see Puerto it. I gotta see it so is, wow. I
0: can't I can't let listen, me just, I can't watch offensive coordinator. I gotta see him without a Heisman quarterback before I just And that's what I'm saying. Him. I've seen him I seen him with offensive yeah. mind in this generation.
1: Yeah, gotta, I saw, yeah, I saw him yeah, I saw with a six foot Puerto Rican quarterback at East Carolina. And, and he was up no no a whole season. We'll look up uh uh Lincoln Riley's offense. Yes. It's, different.
0: it's different as a coordinator. You have a half a third of the, the responsibility. We look at Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips might be one of the greatest defensive coordinators ever. He's a terrible head coach. Uh North Turner, really bad head coach, but he can turn your quarterback around. So I'm just saying, like we we see coordinators, and, and I go back to um who was the who had Cam Newton at Auburn? Uh Gene Chiswick. Oh, he's the greatest mind ever. All of a sudden, what happens when he doesn't have a Heisman winning quarterback? All of a sudden, he's not the, the greatest offensive mind ever. I'm not saying Lincoln Riley isn't the greatest offensive mind ever. I'm just saying we need to see it happen when it's not a first-round pick or a Heisman finalist. Let's see and it happen. That's what I'm saying. He did it. At, yeah, he did season.
1: it. He coached five years at uh, Eastern Carolina. Right for my guy Ruffin McNeil, who's up there at the University of Virginia. Right, he had back to back with the Puerto Rican quarterback. I think he's the only uh, Puerto Rican ever to start in Division One football. He threw for six thousand eighty-six yards in 2013. Right at East Carolina. Those I, I guys hear you.
0: I just go back to the. And don't you know, I don't need to hear the. The stats of every quarterback Lincoln Riley has ever coached as an offensive coordinator, I just bring up we're in a situation where we Lincoln Riley's never been in this spot. He's never been a head coach without a top five quarterback going into a season. Let's see how that goes. And, yes, that Baylor game is a trap. I don't care if it's a it's, it's lo, uh, low talent on Baylor. That is going to be a team that wants to prove something straight off the bat. I think Oklahoma's going into that game not knowing who is that quarterback. And by the end of the season, we might have a new Baker Mayfield. I'm not saying that's not going to happen. I'm just saying right now, we need to see Lincoln Riley turn, uh, what's his name? Mordecai, shoot, Tanner Mordecai and Spencer Rattler. Let's turn those two guys. We, we've known Baker Mayfield's name. We've known uh, Kyler Murray's name. We've known Jalen Hurts' name going into the season. We don't know these guys' names. So let's see if Lincoln Riley can do something from the head coach position. That's what I'm looking for.
1: And what I'm saying is uh, based on the evidence, I feel that he will be able to do that. However, Baylor, we are in agreement here. Baylor will cover that game. Or you gotta look hard at Baylor covering
2: that game. Well, let me make a real quick point going again, bleeding over into the NFL. If you guys remember, you remember uh, and again this this you know, I hate the Boston chop, but this this leads over to the Technical aspect of analysis for the uh, for the uh, the markets. Uh, do we all remember when uh, and the, when people say that Team X needs this game and Team Y does not need that game, and that totally skews the market because those yeah, are basically- it never has
1: anything to do with anything. The, those games right. always people get wrong. Right. That, yeah, that yeah. Basically- it never means anything. It's kind of like so- gibberish. That's right. nonsensical gibberish. And it's those things you got to look at, or sometimes just completely stay away from.
2: It. Right. Well, it's total noise and it skews the market. And that a lot of times there is a, a good opportunity to enter into a, a, a trade or a position or a bet, whatever you call it. But do you guys remember when Green Bay in the uh, last game of the year played the Bears? and Aaron Rodgers did not play, and they brought in this guy named Matt Flynn, right? Yeah. Remember that? Yes. The Bears, Bears, quote-unquote, needed that game to make the playoffs,
1: right? And I I bet Green Bay on that.
2: Okay. Green Bay did not. They were where they were going to be, and it didn't matter if they won or lost. So they sat Aaron Rodgers, right, and they brought in – Uh,
1: this guy Flynn, right? Effectively, the the market overreacted to the play that was Flynn and and us and everybody else. Well, not everybody else, but there was the four people around me who won a lot of money on that game.
2: The the way that a rookie would look at that is say, well, the Bears (laughs) need this game. Rodgers is playing this guy. Flynn is going to play quarterback. Blah blah blah. So obviously the Bears are gonna you know cover this game or win this game, and it's whatever. gonna go
1: under. Right. So is that game is over. Guy, I remember that game vividly.
2: Right. So this guy Flynn, who is just you know uh, a, a, a a you know uh, a ham and egg guy, uh, and also ran. He comes in and what does he do? What does he, what does he throw for? Five hundred yards and six TDs.
1: And he lit him up. Early like Packers.
2: So, you know, if, if you don't see that uh, as, a, as representative of the changes in the rules and a fundamental difference that is baked into the markets, then I don't know what to say because that pretty much proves it chapter and verse.
1: Well, no, the, the fundamental difference, right? But getting back to the Big 12, getting back to the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, Baylor's a game right where you got to look at an inflated line at iowa state you got to look at the inflated line uh at tcu is going to be a problem they work in two-year cycles and that guy's a great coach and then you got to look at uh the last game of the season matt wells texas tech to first his point that matt uh, mordecai is first year started and where i see the problem is i think he's going to be fine throwing for a lot of yards is the big mistake the big turnover being a young guy uh these coaches especially a guy like Kleiman, is thinking about it now he's going to go up to the line look around he's like oh heck i don't know what defense it is and call timeout, and then he's going to get out there nervous impulse control and throw a big interception that either loses the game or covers for us right so from a betting standpoint that's what you got to look at. And those are the games you have to look at when you're breaking down your Oklahoma Sooners on July 17th. What's the next team, Doc?
0: We have uh, Oklahoma state uh, Cowboys. And once again, another team that's one of the probably four that have a good shot of playing Oklahoma uh, in the title game, as you would have expected. Um, it's it's going to be tough for them to get through. I, I look at late in the season at Kansas State and home to Texas. If they're in a position where they control their own destiny, uh, meaning they've obviously played well and, hey, between these two games and we're in, um, I guarantee you they will lose one of those. It just seems like as much as I – I uh, like the mullet of Mike Gundy. They, they, he might be a bit. I feel like it's he's he's a bit much. And sometimes I, I talk about leaders. Um, and the the real the the elite leaders can do both. They can they can yell and scream and get in your face, and also play it cool. And more importantly, know when uh, to use them and and know the difference uh, for that i don't think mike gundy is that i think mike gundy overall is kind of an aggressive personality um we also have the drama that happened um, six months or six weeks ago with the oan shirt uh and his really his best player uh chuba hubbard uh pretty much saying and apparently it's all figured out all ironed out but i'm sure there's something that's there's still bad taste in someone's mouth. And so, there's still some resentment. Definitely. I mean, Mike, Mike Gundy took a million dollar pay cut because of a shirt he wore, folks. If that's not censorship, I don't know what the hell is. But anyways, um, I... His
1: first I amendment thought, rights were violated.
0: I mean, it's unbelievable. It's, called, it's oh,
2: unbelievable. It's, it's called a tail wagging the dog. Yeah, one the- laid down like a dog. That's what it's called.
0: And, But he did it in a... He did it in a businessman mindset. He's playing the long game. He knows if he died on the way in Hill, he would either lost his job or lost his team. So he, he did what he needed to do. Um, but going back to Gundy, in terms of late in the season, that team, those two games are going to be so jacked up because Gundy for the whole, the whole, whole build up for that week or, or, or weeks coming up to it is how this is it. We're going to get our chance, blah, blah, blah. And there's just going to be too much pressure put on these kids. We see it, time in and time out. Um, even the year that I think Des Bryant went to Oklahoma State. If I, uh, yeah,
1: you're correctly. right. Yeah, you
0: Crabtree did. went to Oklahoma or Texas Tech. I get those mixed up, but I think I got it right. But anyways,
1: yeah, you did. You got it right.
0: The year that Oklahoma or Des Bryant was Oklahoma State. That was their best. I think the best Oklahoma State team ever. I don't quite remember. Was it Brandon Whedon? I don't know if Brandon. Yeah, Whedon the quarterback. It was Brandon Whedon. Okay, so yeah, the best Oklahoma State. And if I remember correctly, I think they got blown out by Oklahoma. Um, and that was a while back, so don't quote me on that. But there was a game in that season that it was like, Hey, win this game and you guys are on the next level. Whatever it was, right, either yeah,
1: yeah, the I remember championship that.
0: or the national championship. Ended up just bottling it, losing it. And that's kind See, of She always favorite. does that though always and that's what but that's what i'm talking about is late in those games if they're in a situation where they control their own destiny at kansas state and home to texas they'll probably be favorites and we'll take advantage of that because the over um the overcompensation of the line and it is mike gundy everyone likes to talk about mullet man
1: no and, and you're absolutely right about that it, it, he you it was an interesting conversation when we got with um Don Bronson, where real intelligence is situational intelligence. You can have a system, you can have a plan, but uh, the business book, True Dog by Phil Knight also gets into this, that there's times where you're gonna have to think outside the box. You're gonna come, have to come up on the fly with the solution in order to win. And he's one of those guys that if he has even talent, he's gonna win, right? if the other team has better talent, he's going to lose every single time. He's not, he's going to have a system in place and he's not going to be able to figure anything out to get uh, to the next level and to be uh, you know, the type of team that gets into the playoffs. He's not going to be that. But then again, he doesn't have to. He's still going to get his $5 million a year to win 8, 9, 10 games because before he got there, there were uh, it was Les Miles, right? And Les Miles, God bless him, he was going eight and five every year, but he got himself to LSU, right? After Nick Satan left. And then he went to the national sa- championship with Nick Satan's players. So
2: remember, remember too, Josh, that there's a couple things here. A, the best trades or bets you could ever make are going to be the hardest trades or bets to ever make because they're going to usually. Go against everything you're thinking, fundamentally. You're going to, you're going our, to be. Are
1: technical sometimes. That's where you and I disagree. Because sometimes you can see something like that, and you want to short, yes. and go the other way, and you want to use yes. some fundamental analysis that kind of breaks up. Correct. You know the correct. the correct. Uh, the CEO smoking correct. crack and doing LSD every five seconds. So you're used. To, he's like, oh, the technical looks good, but I know that this guy's uh like the CEO who's a secretary mauled the cousin or whatever. Now that that company's in tatters, right? So either way.
2: Right. And that's the point. That's the whole point of technicals is that technicals do not care because there's no emotion to technicals. It's just numbers. It's a thermometer. It doesn't care. So that's one part. The second part is, again, the the great Jesse Livermore, you don't have you know you don't have to make trades all the time or make bets all the time the key is most the, the majority of your profit is not going to come in the trading or the betting it's going to come in the waiting 90% is going to come in the waiting the waiting for your time to enter into a market where it's totally irrational and that is not something that should be happening right No, for this would
1: be, it would be the inflated lines. So again, when you talk about inflated lines and it happens every year and I guess, doctor, we're going to do it until it stops, but that Iowa state game is going to be an inflated line, right? With with Oklahoma state. And you're talking about probably a better coach in Matt Campbell. Who's going to have those cyclones ready to play at Kansas less miles. Les Miles has a lot of respect for the alumni that are paying his $5 million salary a year and are, you know, the Kansas uh, endowments up to about $3 billion, right? In a pandemic. So look for that game to be close at Oklahoma, Bedlam, right? Go the other way. It, you know what I'm saying? And then, and, then, and, then, and then I think those those are the games that stick out, uh, He'll win, right, your Baylor, his West Virginia, right? Those are games that uh, Mullet Man wins because he has better talent than they do or it's equal. you you got to watch out for at Oklahoma, like first is saying, And then that Texas game, uh, most likely Tommy Herman is going to get him. And you got two teams with similar talent, I would say, because Texas has gone down, but Tommy Herman's a better coach than he is. Those are the games from a betting's perspective, uh, perspective that specifically you want to look at to keep, to monetize, right? You want to get to our level, which is 70, 80% on these games. To be honest, they're a little bit higher in college uh, because the NFL tends to be a little bit more wackier. And the lines are are tighter, if you will. So there's well, a lot not of money to right? be made and now, and now, especially with the pandemic, I think you got. What do you think, Doc? Because they're of the, the pandemic, is everything going to go over, right? Because they're not tackling? Or you got to look at maybe the under at inflated lines with these Big 12, especially when you're talking about an Oklahoma State.
2: Just real quick before I defer to the doctor, It's not that the NFL is wackier. The NFL is not is less wacky because the liquidity makes it a tighter, more quickly adjusting and uh, market back to fairness than college. And then that goes that bleeds down to you know, the larger conferences of college get more liquidity so they correct earlier. Yeah, but fairness, fairness is is
1: in the way you're describing is it, more of a math term. More, it's more it'll be more like closer to the mean.
2: Right. Well, well, that that you're you're not uh, a, a, a reverting to the mean is is a math term. It's a it's a It's a, a right. It's a math
1: term. Math term
2: in, it's the same. It's the same thing. You're talking a right. bubble is. It's everything. Math quantifies everything that's abstract. So the point is that when you talk about the NFL being wacky, it's not. It's actually less wacky. And the Big uh, tent is less wacky than the Sun Belt, you know, because more right. people It, it have depends to- what you mean. And
1: my, my definition of wacky is where one play, right, in the NFL, boom, can change, uh, can change the outcome, right? Whereas in if Oklahoma State's blowing somebody out by 21 points – Right. In the lines thirty-five, something crazy happens, you're still covering. From a from a right. spectator's point point of view when That's you're right. watching the
2: games. Right, and there's, there's again options theory and, and 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 finance theory involved in that as well as the volatility for the total points expected is less than points mean more. So you know, right. as you first as you get further away from parity, which will be a a pit in theory, then, you know, points mean less as you go away. So,
1: so one thing I'm going to be studying next week and I'll make some calls around will be, uh, is there going to be more scoring out there because uh, they're not tackling or are they tackling in practice and how physical it's getting out there? Because the more tackling they do and the more physical they are, uh, on average, games are going to go under. If they're not doing tackling, games are still going to go over. But you got to look at games with two defensive guys playing in the same game, like an Aranda and a Les Miles, and that game's going under, right? Or in the Big Ten, when Chiano goes against Lovey Smith, that game's going under. And that's how you make money in July for games that are going to be going on in September and October. What's the next team got?
0: Uh, next up is TCU, which uh, missed out on a bowl game last year. It's actually um, – the this three-year run that they're on right now is actually the the, the worst they've been in since uh, 1999 when they ended up – that's when Gary Patterson took over. It's, it was a rough, rough year last year, obviously, but they were in a lot of really close games. Uh, a lot of the whole, oh, if the ball bounces this way or that way, uh, could have been a different story. Same thing here with Gary Patterson. They're going to play good defense. Uh, probably going to run the ball. They're going to outcoach you. Um, the talent is just not really there, but he's going to get the most out of this talent. They have um, a, a, a somewhat easy start to it, uh, to the season. Uh, home to Oklahoma State, that could be tough, but they have them at home at West Virginia. We'll get to them later. And then home to Kansas State. You, you, if you are playing Oklahoma State and Kansas State in short succession, at least it is at home. Uh, they also get Oklahoma at home. And they also get Iowa State at home. They're not winning all four of those. They're probably not even winning three of those. But they are going to cover on those. Uh, I, I really – I look at October thirty, And, of course, it's, it says October 31st. It would have been Halloween. I don't think that will happen. Um, but that would have been the Oklahoma game. I think that is a huge coverage last year against Oklahoma. um, Remember, this is a team that really wasn't amazing, but they still played Oklahoma tough, held Oklahoma at only 28 points. So you know that that this team, because of their defense, they're going to be in most games, and they're going to cover pretty much every time that they're – you know, I'm a little worried about them, you know, when they're at Kansas – uh, late in the year, um, them being forced to cover double digits I might be a little more weary of because of the lack of talent but when it comes to covering those 14-point um, spreads where they're the underdogs, I'm all for it.
1: I 100% agree. And, and Patterson games have been like that for a long time. Even when he was in the Mountain West. And really that kind of uh, almost like zigzag theory which is an old school theory but when it comes to Gary Patterson man you make a lot of money doing that and then I did zigzag theory in the last NBA playoffs and got the whole all the games right in the whole month of uh, May last year Uh, and that's one of the main reasons as well there's many reasons I want Adam Silver to to resign as as, uh, NBA commissioner but that one too right I don't get to experience getting every game in the NBA playoffs again. Uh, I think you hit spot on on everything. I mean, you hit everything I wanted to hit. Uh, it, and uh, I think this is the first time you did it, but you nailed it, man. You nailed how the flow is going to go as far as betting these games. <laughs> That's exactly what was going to happen, man. And well, when you have a, player. but if he got if if he's a double digit favorite. He's not going to cover But if he's a double-digit dog, he
0: will. That's,
1: that's just a simple uh, it,
0: we have a We have a coach that's been there for 20 years. And and, TCU, and we've been betting him for
1: 20 years,
0: too. Well, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, maybe the, maybe the first three or four years you're trying to figure it out. But but when you have a, a situation where, look, TCU, they'll, they're private and all that stuff. They have, you know, GPA standards they have to deal with that other schools right. don't. Um, and, they're, and they're not massive, you know, in terms of uh, the, the, the money compared to other donors. You know, when you have Texas and all that stuff, they don't have a huge money coming in. So Gary Patterson, I mean, it's pretty much been, hey, this is what I do well. This is what I coach well. And everything else will work out. And then you, then you hit on an Andy Dalton. Um, and there have been others, other players. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at a guy like Jalen Rager. Who is going to be uh, uh, hopefully a big part of the Eagles success in the next few years? Uh, he's a, he's a TCU wide receiver, which is kind of one of those wait, what? Because you, when you think TCU, you think running the football, you think defense. Um, but Gary Patterson, he gets a hold of a football player, and you have he has him for four years. Watch out, because if there's any any bit of extra talent, he is going to get every bit of it. And I I don't think TCU. Finishes under 500 two years in a row. Now it's a little different. It's it's going to be tough only conference because, like I said, it's it, there, there's some difficulty to actually now outright winning games is a little different than what we're talking about with coverage. But I see a four and five, five and four team that will surprise one or two teams. Um, I, I kind of look at the Kansas State, maybe a, a, a Iowa State gets gets upended by a TCU team that's just better coached.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent.
2: Doctor, just so I could be sure, you just said that TCU is known for defense.
1: Yep.
0: I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I mean. Yeah.
1: No. No. He'll he get in a game like uh, the, the West, West Virginia, Virginia game. But... Well, he'll he'll put the the game in a phone booth, right? They look for a strategic advantage, and then what he does, you know, for Big Twelve standards, uh. And, and, and believe me, we make a lot of money on it. We made a lot. I remember specifically this Kansas State uh, TCU game where you got a really good coach like Chris Kleiman, right? And you got a really good coach like uh, Coach TCU, uh, Gary Patterson. Boom, that game was 17 14, but the over under in that game was like 80. So you love those games when you cover by 40 points. Uh, you look at. Even the Baylor 23, 29, two defensive coaches. That was an over. Uh, the 80 over, under over was 80. And I'm like, what? You got Matt Rule, defensive guy, and Gary, Gary Patton, no, no, bam, easy money. So those, those are two games. And then you look at uh, West Virginia, right? They played that game in a phone booth. They ended up losing and losing a bowl out of it, but it's style of play. All we did in that game was bet that under. And boom, that's that's three games right there where we got some easy unders because of the diehard defensive mindedness of Gary Patterson. So yeah, some games will get out of control, but you look at spots like that. And, and what we're doing is specifically looking at uh, some patterns and some inefficiencies in the market, right? So that's a clear inefficiency in the market when you got a, a total of 80 in the West Virginia in the Baylor and the Kansas State games. Those those games were easy unders. So was that Kansas uh, uh, game with Les Miles, because Les Miles is the same type guy. So those were two built-in wins on that TCU schedule. Why? Because we're using fundamental analysis and we're studying the management of TCU, Gary Patterson, and since we've been watching him, like the doctor says, for 20 years, we know how the man thinks.
0: Next up is uh, Texas Longhorns. This is a team, um, Desperation. We're going to find out what Desperation does to a team, I believe. Tom Herman is pretty much this, the, the Big 12 or the Little 10s version of Clay Helton. Right. die. Um, and difference, I would say, from USC to Texas is Texas doesn't care. They'll buy anybody out to bring anybody else in. This is a team that they have Sam Ellinger, who seems like been there forever. I mean, uh, like graduated at some point, bro. But um, he's back there, and it's another year where he can at least try to implement what Ton Herman's done. I've yet to really see that Houston offense Now when we talk about Lincoln Riley taking that offense from Eastern Carolina and and, and, and bringing it to Oklahoma and then in the head coach um, well definitely I definitely see that. I have yet to see that that Houston offense that Todd Herman had um, where they were they were a lot of fun to watch and they were they were a headache for a lot of teams, a lot of good defensive teams in that AAC conference had a hard time figuring out Todd Herman and I don't know if it's the pressure. I don't know if it's the recruiting. It has yet to translate. And look, he's going into year four. Usually they all say, look, you got three or four years, you get your recruits in and we'll see what happens. Well, guess what? Here we are. So we can't make that excuse. Oh, well, we didn't have the right personnel, but Well, it's your job to go get them. And it's not happening. Does it change this season? I, I think this is their best chance only because of the lack of competition everywhere else. I mean, even Oklahoma is going to be good, but they're, this is the weakest Oklahoma team we've probably seen in the last
1: four years. Sam, Sam, Ellinger, Sam Ellinger is going to have more experience than the Oklahoma Malachi.
0: 100. I think we get into a situation where um uh we you talked about Mordecai in a situation where he has to call a timeout because He's seen a defense. Well, Sam Ellinger, I believe, is a four-year starter, so there's a really good chance he's at least a he's a base. He's seen at least a base of that defense. Right. Um, So you have that now. Obviously, there's a lot more talent on Oklahoma, but the opening for Texas, I think, this is the biggest it's been. Um, uh, The the lack of talent outside of Oklahoma in this conference is, I think, the biggest it's ever been. And like I said, even Oklahoma, this is the 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 least amount of talent they've had in the last four years. They still have a lot of talent, but the least amount, I believe, uh, in the last four years.
1: Yeah, yeah. And let me look at the field steal here to see how many returning start because
0: they got uh, nine on defense and yeah. seven on offense.
1: Yeah, so he has a stacked team. So uh, on paper, right, Uh, they, they should be the favorite. And I think a big thing, believe it or not, is going to be whether they're going to play uh, conference games or non-conference games because uh, to, to play, right, a Jeff Scott USF team to start the season, right, uh, they're going to get beat up before going to Louisville. I mean, USF might not win the game, but there's a lot of athletes. They'll play hard. They'll be ready to play. And they'll put a a hurting on those uh, Texas guys. And you got to figure that Texas is not going to have like a full rotation if they play those games. Um, Right now they're telling me they are, but we don't know what's going to happen September the 5th. The game that I was going to be at was two days after my birthday. I was going to be in the hot Texas sun on the sidelines watching my usf bulls i say my because i, I give them 10 grand a year and deduct it from my taxes and then they were going to play lsu right and then they were going to pay the sorry miners at utep but now if they start the season against kansas state right 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 there it screams kansas state cover right it's at kansas state again a trap game because uh the oklahoma game is as big as the season right there's some people who give 100 million dollars to the Texas program that all they care about is beating Oklahoma, and vice versa. So that's a season within itself. So how much of a game plan are they going to go in? How much of a rotation are they going to have of their best players against Kansas State at Kansas State? Because even if they lose that game, it doesn't really mean much because they can recover if they beat Oklahoma, right? If they lose those both two teams, they have to. He's fired anyways. They might even fire him after that, but he would have to sweep all the rest of those games. Uh, at Texas Tech, you got to look at Matty Wells, I think, is just as good as a coach, and he's a guy who knows to do less with more. Regardless, for our purposes, we're putting money on your Texas Tech Red Raiders. At Kansas, you got to look at Les Miles because that's not a, a coach mismatch right there. Right. And that's why Miles is going to be laying waiting. Right. And then you have TCU, Iowa State, and then at Oklahoma State. I'm predicting that game's going to be over. That's going to be a shootout. Two offensive court coaches late in the year with deeply pleated defenses. Look for that game to go over. All right, So that's, that's some specific actionable points for you to make money on your Texas Longhorns 2020.
2: My, my only my only uh, contribution to what you've been saying for the past several minutes is in terms of tackling in any conference, these kids are so upside down and so afraid and there's so much propaganda going on out there that they're, forget about playing like a bump and run, Imagine trying to play a bump and run because you think a guy is going to sneeze on you and they're told that they're going to stop Right. Like, what are these kids even thinking? I mean, uh, how do you even play a game? But again, you know, in, in terms of technicals, that's all priced in and baked into the market. But for God's sakes, this is
1: madness. Right. And, madness. and again, a guy like me is skeptical. Uh, if, you know, if you can't agree on masks and you can't agree on being six feet apart, uh, you know, A, if it's baked in the market or not, and then B, gonna have, are they, people are they gonna reaction have, to it.
2: Are they going yeah. to have, have, have social distancing on defense?
1: <laughs> they have it anyways in, in big the
2: Big 12. They've been <laughs> the
1: uh, doing social dif- – the NBA yeah. and the Big 12 have yeah. been doing social yeah. distancing yeah. for yeah. years. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, yeah the, the little the little ten has been doing social distancing before it was even
0: cool. <laughs> exactly. Uh, next fun... up is okay. those uh, Texas Red Raiders. It is obviously Matt Wells year two um, after the uh, Cliff Kingsbury, which I still, I still do not. I mean, well, I know why you're a handsome white man in in. in in the world you're going to have a lot but how cliff kingsbury can be a below 500 coach at texas tech and then get a nfl job but anyways right for the um, cheapest I, I owner
1: the in the nfl cheapest
0: what well, you know, I mean,
1: I well, we've been talking about they want to put basketball on grass in the nfl to okay. have a bunch of points and make money and, and compete with no, I, I was just
0: pointing out it's ridiculous
1: it is ridiculous mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe it myself i thought you know, that's, that's part of when this whole Twilight Zone started, right, with all these crazy things happening. For me, some people it was when Kobe died. For me, it was when uh, Clinsbury got the job at Arizona. So, it's bizarro, a bizarro world. Because remember, you got to remember, the USF USF Bulls was one of the worst college kick, I mean, he's probably one of the greatest assistants. You want to talk about a great assistant? Charlie Strong is a great assistant. Charlie Strong is a great recruiter. He's a great judge of talent. However, he is the worst division, upper level Division One college coach, coach in the history of college football. And he destroyed.
2: He destroyed single handedly one of the most storied programs in the entire country.
1: Yeah, the USF Bulls. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Where I went to school, he destroyed them too. But his last big win, who was it? When he completely out coached Clingsbury. In the Birmingham Bowl, and where you destroyed wait, Texas Tech in, in the Birmingham Bowl, and, and the guy you destroyed, next thing you know, he's getting a head coaching job. <laughs>
2: wait, wait, wait! wait sorry. I'm, not, I'm not gonna, and I'm not gonna argue with the doctor on his uh, level of uh, of handsomeness. He's certainly a certain handsome man uh, in a feminine way, but you know, uh, you
1: look at he has clean, ruggedness have, to him. You know, like Clay he, Travis, type of, type of like Luke Bryant. You know, Luke Bryant, the, the country singer, the, those type guys. They look like they're managers at a cell phone store. All right, guys,
2: let's sell some fun. He, he himself, Kingsburg, he himself threw for 5,000 yards at Texas Tech. Yep, Derry. It was just like. Mike I mean, Leach. Well, you know, he, Mike Leach, but, yeah. but again, you know, uh, when in Rome, right? Do as the Romans do. So what the hell? Bring out a guy that uh, just can somehow throw a ball to another guy that isn't going to be anywhere near to him. And again, I come back to implied volatility and totals. And I mean, to me, uh, you know, when you're in a in a, there are a a conference where the like the the mean uh, total points expected is north of 80. It's just, you know, you got, you, got to, you got to take what is given to you in the markets. And either way, uh, you're going to have bubble opportunities. You're going to have distressed asset opportunities. You're going to have entry points. So it doesn't really matter. Those numbers are insignificant. Just like, um, you know, you trade a biotech sector, which is much more volatile as a trader, differently than you do a utility sector, which is much more narrow and, and, and less volatile. You know, you take what is. It is what it is. They make the rules. The sell side makes the rules.
1: Right. So what's, what's your breakdown, Doc, of uh, Texas Tech? Uh,
0: yeah, Doc. You know what it is. it's. its is. They're going to throw the football all over the place. They're, this defense... Is Maddie Wells going
1: to change it? It's going to change... Cause I think that's what I heard. That Maddie Wells is going to try to get away from the air raid. The problem was very Clingsbury um, really... He he was recruiting division three guys for defense. I mean, the defense was really that bad. Where he just paid attention to offense. He has zero talent on defense. And last year, what they gave up 55, 35, 33, 34, 37. That shows you how bad West Virginia was. They only scored 17 points on him, then 33, 30, and then 49. So what you gotta look at is did they recruit some guys on defense? But the guys they recruited are underdeveloped, right? So uh, Matty Wells is definitely a, a salesman. Think short-term, businessman. Think long-term type of guy. He goes five and seven last year. Um, I still think the Big Twelve is going to play nine conference games. Believe it or not, uh, but if they if they don't. Uh, You're looking at a a similar year last year where they're hovering about 500 and they are going to need a big play like in uh, the Kansas game, 37-34. Those close games are going to need a big play on defense at the end of the game, somebody to step up and make a play uh, to make a difference. Look at that overtime game against Baylor, right? You can just see Matt Wells and and Matt Rule is sitting there saying, Okay, whoever makes the most mistakes right, loses. And I'm and I'm just gonna keep things basic because that game went to overtime. Remember, Baylor was an eleven and three team uh, that went to the Big Twelve Championship and did go to a bowl game. I oh, and I wanted he to, to- right there with him.
2: I want to interject here a little bit, uh Josh and the doctor, that people have to understand that totals in college football are skewed higher because of the fundamental uh, structure of how overtime works. You could go into a game that has an 80 total, right, and it's 13-13 at the end of regulation, and then the game still goes over.
1: Right.
2: That's very different from the NFL. So people need to understand that. That's why there is an inherent upside skew to the totals in college football right. because it's, amb- it's it's totally ambiguous how many points can be scored
1: but right. no totally totally and that's why it's so profitable with two defensive guys playing because you have an added uh, bonus right and ad- an added edge because of what exactly Greg said so you got let's say the total is 80 in that Baylor Texas Tech game I right, got to 63, man. You may have a nice safe under on that. And I think the over under that game was 74. Crazy how the mind works. And pretty, the under, yeah, right. I had the under, and uh, it was which, easy.
2: Which is very. I, I sweated very, when I
1: thought it was overtime, and then the guy kicks a field goal. Right, <laughs> typical, typical of these guys.
2: Which 74 is a very tepid total for the little tent.
1: Right, but you had two, de- uh, two defensive guys. Mad- Maddie Wells is bringing the defense to Texas Tech from Utah State. Okay. Oh, right. We're having a more balanced team, as you would say. So, the, so, so that's what you got to look at with Texas Tech. Again, uh, you got to look at uh, first game of the season at Iowa State. You got to look at that game to go under West Virginia. Baylor. right? And then uh, TCU on November 21st. Those games, you got to look hard at the under with Manny Wells. Which made me a lot of money as a dog, especially when he was in the Mountain State, uh, Mountain West, with the worst commission of all time, Craig Thompson. And it was early in the season, usually about the first uh, six to eight games where Utah State did well before imploding. You no know, missing out on the Mountain West championship. What's the next
0: team? Uh, last one is uh, West Virginia. It's a uh, year two without Dana Holgerson. Um, wasn't great last year, five and seven. Uh, just the beat Kansas, only beat them by five. Uh, did did get two late road wins that somewhat uh, made things a little nicer. But this is a excuse me another team that I think is getting away from the. The Dana Holgerson type of air raid, whatever that—I don't know if it was a full air raid—but it—it uh, it seems like they are trying to move away from that. And when you see things like that happen, you're going to have a couple years where the team struggles. It's—it still blows my mind that, of course, West Virginia is in—in in this conference, the little ten, whatever we're calling it. But um, there are still going to be situations. Wait, wait,
2: wait doctor. You don't have to call
0: them the little pen on my account. I'm just being a. I'm just being. A I supporter. like it. I kind of like it. <laughs> uh, but I will the doctor say thinks. with no with no um, conference games, uh, we'll see. But th- they'd lose out on that Florida State game, which I know would be nice money for them. Um, but <laughs> you look deeper into this schedule, and it's it's evident to me that they are going to have to score. Um, in bunches. I don't quite know how that's going to happen. They only have uh, four. They have six returning offensive starters, but only four of them look like they're going to start. It looks like uh, um, the uh, last year's starting quarterback, Austin Kendall, probably going to get beat out by a a transfer. Uh, Defensively, they have six returning guys, but this is a really bad defense. Um, Last year was um, average for, of course, the big 12, little 10, but that doesn't mean anything. Nationally, they're they're in the bottom third defensively. And offensively, when you look, the one thing you'll get with uh, West Virginia, you'd think is, oh, they're going to put up numbers. They're going to put up a lot of points. Last year, they averaged 73 yards a game rushing. 73 yards a game rushing is ridiculous for an NFL team, let alone a college team. Um, so averaged 20 points a game. They were in triple digits in pretty much all offensive court categories last year. I don't really know how, this is one of those you'll have to go back and, and how the hell did this team win five games last year? I don't think they're winning five games this year. Uh, there's going to be some coverages in here, but this is a team that I, I think is going to need to get lucky to be competitive.
1: Yes. And what I've been reading about them and uh, hearing about them is exactly what you said. Uh, the roster is really thin in in 73 yards a game in, in the Big 12. Man, God, that shows you that that offensive line is going to take a couple years to be able to rebuild it, no matter how many, uh, you know, because he made his money at Troy bringing in last chance you guys, guys who had committed crimes at other universities. He brings them in. He coaches them up and he gets them ready to play. No matter how many of those guys he brings in, it's going to be tough. And this is another problem that I've been thinking with teams that have had problems with the offensive line. Uh, What I saw happen to USF when USF had a year when they had a bad offensive line and they needed to rebuild it, they would stop and have uh, literally like the third week of February they would have a whole offensive line lifting weights and they would have an early spring practice. So by the beginning of April, spring practice was over. And as long as you make the offensive line go to class, you can have a full practice with them. And the full practice times two hours would be in the weight room. These guys were lifting weights for two hours a day And then if it's two a days, it was four hours a day. These guys were lifting weights from April into September, right? And I guess what they told me, you would gain like four to seven pounds because these guys are young within a two month span, right? So six months, six times seven. So the whole uh, offensive line on average would be 30 pounds of pure muscle bigger, right? You can't do that in a pandemic, right? Because the the gyms have been closed, the paranoia that Greg's talking about. So these teams that have bad offensive lines last year, guess what? They're going to have – they might even be a worse offensive line this year. So look for West Virginia to be that team where you can pick them no matter what the line is to cover inflated lines because they are that bad. And Neil Brown is one of those guys that – He's just good enough, right? I really don't think that he's the brightest star on the planet or the sharpest tool in tool shit, but he's one of those guys that outworks people. Uh, Neil Brown from the South, from Troy University, now at West Virginia, and uh, I was wondering why Dana Holverson left uh, to get $4 million a year from Fratetta, which we talked about in Houston. But it's because he had no talent and he didn't want to go through a whole rebuilding process again in West Virginia. So, yeah, uh, look for a guy like when Tommy Herman plays him. Look for a super blowout because the man needs the money. Uh, Definitely going to lose to a Kansas State start the season. At Texas Tech, Manny Wells has blowout written all over at TCU. Texas, Kansas. Look for that game to be close. Why? Because Les Miles does not blow out anybody. <laughs> Remember that, people. And then uh, Oklahoma, man, it's going to be a super blowout. Oklahoma State, watch for them to bounce back, because Neil Brown's going to curse him out after getting blown out. And then Baylor, look for that game to be close. And uh, Matt Campbell might be resting starters over there. at Oklahoma State, if Brandon Force is right, and those Iowa State sidecars, Going to be Josh, the Big 12 championship
2: game. Josh, can I ask you a question? Yes. Uh, you just mentioned Furtada
1: having something to do with Houston. Uh, his name, let me get what his name is. He's the uh, billionaire, he owns the Houston Rockets, and he funds the Houston Cougar basketball team or, or uh, University Athletic Department.
2: Right, and he he owns the Houston Rockets, too, I I believe. So he's in that whole cabal of uh, the Fratadas that own stations, uh, casinos, and um, they started UFC and all that other stuff. So um, if the NCAA or University of Houston uh, has what they're now calling official league data relationships in any of those – Types of potential uh, conflicts. They got a big problem.
1: Yeah, but Sammy it, it, S- a- Alderson, it's existed for years. Sammy Al- Alderson gave a hundred million dollars to UNLV during the Jerry Garcia days, and Sally Alderson once, also paid once, for Wyoming. So.
2: But once, but once there's an official, quote unquote, official league data relationship, which is in direct violation of uh, the. Um, the insider trading and securities Fraud enforcement act of 1988 uh they
1: got a problem they got a big 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 problem how so who's going to enforce this a who's going to enforce it and who b who's going to pay for it well
2: in theoretical and and no no no, no
1: theories i want practicalities what's going to happen theories out the windows right this is pandemic recession we need actionable information Time for theories is at academia somewhere on some mountain, right? We I mean what, what is going to happen? What, what actually dollars and cents is going to happen and like who's going okay.
2: to do it? I'm just going to explain it to you right now. If any, <laughs> there, if there is any organization that is in any way directly or indirectly associated with the issuance of a security, and we know based upon the 1946 law, of SEC versus Howie, that sports bets are securities, just as a matter of time until the SEC rolls over in bed and says that's the case. But yeah, but they haven't done it yet. Is that correct? They, right, but they could right. tomorrow. Yeah.
1: yeah, but no, there's no rumors anybody's going to do it tomorrow. There's no evidence that anybody even cares about it.
2: Well, they should care about it because it's direct violation a, a tr- multi-trillion dollar a year market that is just that, l- that lends itself to complete corruption you cannot have
1: so but, a, uh, but, an- but the chinese are a trillion dollar market right we're talking about trillions well, of dollars with the chinese and they don't care about that either i would say the yeah, chinese well, stuff would be first in line
2: well, well let me just finish Once sure. a market, once a market is listed in the united states it is beholden to the securities law or the commodities law, C- the SEC or F- CFTC, whichever they want to do it. This is these are securities, not commodities. So you know, yeah. it, it, I'll explain that to anybody that wants to listen. But you cannot have there's there's something, and it's it interesting you bring up China because in colloquially it's called a Chinese wall. You cannot have any type of uh, Transference of non-public information from somebody involved with the issuance of an investment contract with a broker dealer or a bookmaker that is that can be a principal or take the other side and make markets in that particular security
1: you can't do it the problem with that is that nobody cares about it, right what we care about like, is getting edges okay. on games right and they end up buying gasoline so one thing you could do is probably maybe start a campaign so somebody cares about that happening. And my position is that uh, nobody's really going to care about that until five to ten years ago, when the market, when the economy is better. What do you think, Doc? Well, let, let, let me just finish this one thing. <laughs> Doc doesn't care about it either. <laughs> it's
0: not that I don't care. Nobody no, no, cares no, no, about it. No, 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 no. It's not that I don't care. It's just I don't. I don't speak when I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, <laughs> you guys are a lot um smarter in all those things i'm the guy that i want to know what the what the quarterback threw for last year stuff like that but um okay. i i'm it's not that i don't care i just i'm not one of those people that's going to speak on something that they don't know about there are way too many people right. in this world right right right, right, right right on that um i am i am a fly and, on the and, wall and right now speak. taking yeah. it all in
1: yeah no Sandra. no and, and i and i am and on both sides i know exactly what Greg's saying, I've thought with Grace saying for many, many years. However, it's almost like going to the Lake Forest City Council, right? And you got the guy in the wheelchair, and I'll post this video where I see the guy in the wheelchair, city councilman, taking cash for a city council vote, which is illegal. And I got it on video, and his crony tried to push me. And he didn't know that I'm like 240 pounds and I bench pressed 500 pounds. And he hurt <laughs> he his hand trying to push me black me out of the way. It was very, very funny. But yeah, I caught the man in an illegal act, right? And when the FBI found out, they're like, what? We found out he took $5,000 cash. Yes, it's illegal, but we're looking for the guys who are taking 50000 or or 100000 So what, what you're talking about doesn't raise to the level that right now 95% of the the country either doesn't know what you're talking about or cares what you're talking.
2: Well, let me just let me just, Josh, will give me, uh, please, uh, give me this. Uh, you got the floor, Greg. Well, this, uh, yeah, give me the floor. I guess you would say, give me, give me, <laughs> give, me give me this overture here. To just talk to this. and and this this is something that came out this week. So now, you have Major League Baseball, right? Right. Having, having, direct relationships with bookmakers that allow that calls for official league data only being able to go from either teams or be the Detroit Tigers, which have a relationship with a one bookmaker and, and other teams, but the MLB has relationship, direct relationship with bookmakers. Okay. Where they can only give them their official quote unquote league data or, and to be paid for it. So just this week, It came out that the South Point
1: Casino, which has a sports book.
2: Who follows
1: online, Tommy Lorenzo, who is the, um, and I tagged him the other way, Tommy Lorenzo, who is the sports book chief at South Point. Follow us on Twitter. He likes and retweets our uh, content and listens to the podcast. So we thank Tommy Lorenzo from South Point for listening. And and being a fan of ours.
2: Right, I, th- I thought it was but last time I was there was the but you know South point is so out of it they still sell the the gold sheet tip sheet from 1950 <laughs> uh, so I don't even want to get into that but South point and Westgate which are two sports books which casino they have nothing to do with this but either way people still think they do so they have direct relationships with MLB and 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 say the Dodgers, just in a and just to make it easy, right? Say the Dodgers have a relationship with a bigger sports book to give them this "quote-unquote" official league data. So, if the Dodgers have relationship with, let's just say, I'll call the casino North or the sports book North Point and South Point and and Westgate. This past week, just they banned. Betting listed pitchers now. Everything is action. You know what that means, right, Doctor? Yeah, 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 totally.
1: totally. I, yeah, and I don't bet action. I only bet the
2: pitchers. So you'd have to be insane to bet action because you have no idea. You're you're, you're totally helpless.
1: Right, right. But you have the same number. So think about how insane this. is. So yeah, yeah. No, Dr. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet those casinos. I wouldn't bet action uh, baseball listen, ever at those places.
2: Listen. So so. Let's say you want to bet Clayton Kershaw, and he's minus 380, and you think that Clayton Kershaw is going to start the game because you don't have access to "quote unquote" the official league data, right? So you bet Clayton Kershaw at minus 380, and then they, the the Dodgers, tell this sports book or whatever that who they only have a relationship with that only gets the "quote unquote" official league data. That Clayton Kershaw isn't really starting; some double A guy is starting. But you can't bet listed. You're now locked into action, so they're going to take all your all your money on Kershaw at minus three eighty, and hold it, even though they know that this is double A AA pitcher, not Clayton Kershaw. It's going to start the game.
1: Right, and uh, Brandon, first, and I, we're going to sit down with Brianna Winner, who's on our staff. And it's very doubtful that we'd ever uh, give anybody any indication that they should bet anything minus 385. And then uh, how to do research, how to listen to the pregame show, uh, how to uh, look at the health of a pitcher, but we would teach them to shop around, right? And if a casino or online book is just, uh, you know, action on the picture, we would tell them to stay away. Right. The so last words, man, last words, Greg Wolf, last words, random first. And my last words are what Winston Churchill always says, or always said during uh, the second world war, when he got us through that uh, crisis is you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Last words, Brandon, first. Last words, Greg Wolf.
0: I just, you know, we get closer and closer to college football season. Um, Hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll actually know if they're going to play conference games or not, because I think that changes things. But uh, at least in the Big 12, like I said, this is a horse race where the value is in those four forces that the Texas, state, man. Kansas Kansas state, state, Oklahoma, state, Oklahoma state and Iowa state, those four teams, who's going to play Oklahoma. Um, you're going to find, I, I I look at that Kansas, West Virginia game. I expect Kansas to cover uh, Texas tech, Kansas, just those games early on that I already know it's going to happen, um, but we're getting ready for it. And I hope that we do get non-conference games. Cause like I said, it's, it doesn't make any sense to me not to play now. Now, okay, certain ones, maybe USC, Alabama, that's a ton of money. But if you got to go cross country, all right, okay, whatever. But if if Missouri can go to Florida like they're going to have to do, then I think BYU can play Utah. Oh yeah,
1: it's ridiculous. You got a good point there. Iowa, Iowa State, come on. You
0: know, it's just
1: this we just don't have to
0: play a Pac-12 schedule or whatever. We can just. Everyone codes to the table and goes, "Hey, let's region, let's let's get regional with it." I mean, and then the best teams are still going to be the best teams, but never going to happen. Way too much money um, up in the air. That's why we're still playing conference games. They'll say, "Oh, you know, we're we're keeping our kids safe," um, which is bullshit. Um, and they are uh, really making it. Like I said, Missouri half of their schedule is what a thousand miles or more. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't think it makes sense to a whole lot of people. But that's the NCAA for you. Nothing, not, not, it's the definition of insanity doing the same thing over again and expecting. All right. Well,
2: here are my, I have two last points to make uh, about me getting credit for two brilliant statements that I made here. And I, I've been on the phone with my lawyers. So you guys better not try to steal this stuff. <laughs> I'm joking. Maybe I'm not. (laughs) Uh, A, it's the little ten. It's not the big (laughs) twelve. You got to get. We're
1: gonna be
0: calling
2: that from now on, man. You might
0: want to get that copyrighted. I might do it just to spite you at this point.
2: I already did. I already did. Too late. I I I got I got him on speed dial. But um, and the other one. What a great thing to happen to the big the big 12 slash little 10 is this six foot distancing social distancing because as we talked about earlier before they've been doing it for 10 years so they're so they're going to actually look like the big the the big 12 little 10 is going to actually look like they have somewhat of a defense running around there for a third of the game or whatever they're at there
0: yeah, uh, it's gonna be very, very interesting. I mean, especially this year, because it's—I think it's just this conference. Um, if you take Oklahoma out of this conference, I—they're eighth or ninth best. I mean, Mountain West is better, probably. The the conference you, i mean, this is outside of Oklahoma, nothing, nothing there for you. But we're gonna make money off of it, so you know, trash is trash. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. If
2: Oklahoma wins to, And I'll make a market. I'll make an opening market, an IPO market. If Oklahoma went to North Dakota State, I would I would make Oklahoma a six and a half point favorite at most.
0: Wow, I would love to get all on that. That I think you're. I take take Oklahoma out of that equation. Throw any other team in. All right, but I, I know the point you're trying to make. I think it. It's missing the point with Oklahoma, but Oklahoma State, I could see them being a six-and-a-half-point favorite at North Dakota State, and I'd have to think about that. All right. Then. That'd be interesting. Well, who knows? Maybe maybe that'll happen. I mean, at, at this point, 2020, who knows? I, I, I think – and there's been a lot of talk about North Dakota State not wanting to move up because they know how much money they make in their – ESPN, They're two ESPN deal games when they play in the championship tournament.
2: Well, they're they're doing the math wrong because if they played Oklahoma, I mean they would get you know or, or something like that. I mean. They, you're right. You're nice. right. But, Oklahoma
0: doesn't want to play North Dakota State, though. I guarantee well, you that. That,
2: that. That's the same reason why, like, right? They would never make that 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 play that game. The same reason why Appalachian State used to go to Michigan and get all you <laughs> know whatever saw what happened there james madison and virginia we saw what happened there and then you come down to the uh the whole uh relegation promotion model and that's why um uh idaho uh went down to one double a last year or the year before i believe and i think that should happen more
0: perfect josh last words from you sir
1: yes what's in churchill uh we make a, a living, right, from what we get, the value we produce in the mar- in the marketplace, what we make a life from what you give. And one thing we give each other is that we all, we give each other two things, right, that's missing in society right now. Number one is... We put our egos at the door and we listen to each other. Number two, if we get mad at each other, if we disagree, right, we laugh about it and then we text each other in 10 minutes. We don't immediately uh, ghost that person and then them, block them out for the rest of our lives and never talk to that person again just because you disagree about something <laughs> or have a different opinion. <laughs>
2: Oh, I wouldn't because I want your wife to pay for my gas. So I would never. <laughs> <There
1: you go. laughs> hey, and this is something we're going to put in, in our website for, uh, you know, get some gamification in there. And uh, we'll close it for- as Our mafia offer is that any fan that comes out to us in Vegas, we're on the floor, I guess, with a mask. I guess we're going to have to poke us. With a six foot pole or whatever. But we'll give you one of our drink tickets and you can have beers on picks. Well, any fan or anybody that comes up with us in Vegas while we're drinking, watching games, we will get exactly one free drink from me and the podcast. Thank you and for remember, listening. And
2: remember, being smart is a whole lot better
1: than trying to be lucky.
0: Ooh. Ooh. Amen.
1: Good day. Hey, Greg's always got those good quotes. Right, thank you for listening. The ESBC podcast, and we'll be back next week. The what? Conference USA?
0: Conference USA, yes.
1: Conference USA oh. next week. Oh, that, that's a serious one. I'm the best thrift.